And we are live. Respiratory Podcast, episode 115, I believe. Hosted by myself, Charlie, and Joe Holbert. No AO today. He's been he's been off for a couple of days, man. He wasn't on the dynamite watch along last night either. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh just us three today. The weekly AEW Dynamite review. And that is what this primarily will remain, the AEW Dynamite review. But that being said, of course, we will not, you know, ignore the you know, the bombshell of the lawsuit that has came out today. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot to get into, a lot to get into. I said yesterday that it's been quite a mad week for wrestling, like with, it, with showing no signs of it slowing down. But today, obviously, it took quite a, you know, downright disturbing time, to be honest, uh, with the latest lawsuit filed against Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis. But, you know, we've got a lot to get into. But like I said, AEW Dynamite Review is the... You know, that is the main agenda for these Thursday shows. So, again, we're not going to ignore the, um, you know, we're not going to ignore the, of course, the big news and stuff like that. But we're not going to, you know, this we aren't exactly experts or professionals that really are kind of equipped to, you know, break down this or give any hot takes or anything like that. You know, I don't really think this is the place for that, you know. But uh, like I said, we're going to get into it all, of course. Well, yeah, doing a quick rain check, see how everyone's doing. Joe Holbert. Joe Holbert, how are you doing today, mate? I don't know really, mate. I'm not really sure. I'm not, I honestly don't know at this point. It's been uh, it's been quite the day. I, to continue that trend, I don't really know the correct way to handle something like this on a, on, you know, a show such as this. We're going to try our best here tonight, folks. Please do bear with us. Um, but, yeah, it's... This is the least important part of the story, so I want to make it clear now because it doesn't matter what this does to fans or like it's it's bigger than that. But it's a pretty disgusting day to be in love with this uh, with this art form. I think it's fair to say. So, and we have a lot of those, unfortunately. But yeah, this was one for sure. Yeah, very a very dark cloud cast over the day today. You know, um, but yeah, quite deflating, isn't it, Charlie? It sure is. It's been it's been a difficult day to be any sort of fan of wrestling and even calling myself a fan of wrestling doesn't really feel right right now. But um yeah. I will say anyone that's like been affected by this, like by this news coming out and seeing any of it, I hope you're all doing okay. Like you don't need to know every detail of this case because it is frankly fucking vile. Like anyone that's read through any of it, like I hope you're doing alright and you've taken the time away that you need because of this is bigger than all of us, and I just hope that the woman affected by this and any woman that's been affected by any of this is able to find peace after all. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll kind of go through the main, you know, like a summary of what the lawsuit is for those who haven't, mm-hmm. like, you know, looked, you know, even aware of what's going on, which I'm sure isn't many people. But you know, we're not, as Charlie said, we're not really gonna get into like the details of it because some of them are just straight up like depraved bro like we're not trying to like break that down and like oh, what's your take right. on this disgusting thing that's a little like, I'm not trying to do that right now you know but um I guess go straight into it so a lawsuit was filed against WWE Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis on Thursday today uh the plaintiff a former WWE employee named Janelle Grant alleged she was the victim of physical and emotional abuse uh sexual assault and trafficking at WWE Grant is the former WWE employee whose secret fee million settlement with McMahon led to him being investigated by the WWE board of directors in 2022 
The lawsuit alleges Grant felt pressured into a sexual relationship with McMahon due to threats he would use his legal resources against her if she did not. Vince McMahon's demand Vince McMahon's demands became more disput disturbing throughout the relationship, such as expecting her to engage in sexual encounters with other employees. It is alleged that McMahon promised a sexual encounter with Grant to a wrestler, which was reported by Wall Street Journal to be Brock Lesnar during contract negotiations in the summer of 2021. Uh, the lawsuit alleges that Grant tried to stop the physical encounters, but McMahon refused. The lawsuit also alleges that Vince McMahon took over medical and sent her to a doctor that he chose. Also, also alleges that he relentlessly pressured her into signing the NDA for money, which he did not pay the full amount of. The lawsuit also alleges that an internal probe into the investigation by WWE was a sham, and Miss Grant was never approached about it, even though she was known. It was known that she would cooperate. Um, the lawsuit is, you know, it's a very lengthy, sixty-seven page, you know, very, you know, disturbingly detailed lawsuit, you know, which includes. Text messages or screenshots by Vince McMahon, which are just deprived, bro. Like, just deprived. Again, not trying to get into the details. If you know, you obviously know what they are. And I'm sure um, you you know that I'm not, you know, underselling it. So, um, yeah. yeah, just TKO put out a statement saying that they're looking into it internally. Uh, a spokesman on behalf of Vince McMahon has put out a statement denying the allegations in the lawsuit. And... Um, yeah, obviously, it's still, a, it's, a, it's still a story that's unfolding before our eyes right now. So that's another reason why not to get too like, to dive too much into it, other than the fact that we don't really feel kind of rightfully equipped to do so. But um, yeah, just disturbing, man. Just not. It's just not what you want to see. Like we all knew. Like I was speaking to my girlfriend about it because like, I, I was literally like just with. I spent most of my evening with her tonight, and. Um, when she was like, oh, how's, how's, you know, how's work been today? And I was like, well, you know, this Vince McMahon lawsuit. And she was like, oh, it's not surprising, is it? And, like, the level of, like, how disturbing it is reading through the lawsuit. Like, it, even for Vince McMahon, who we all knew was already, like, an alleged rapist and alleged this, alleged that. Like, he was already kind of, like, bottom of the barrel. But, um, you know, in going into the details of this was genuinely quite shocking. You know, yeah. and like I said, deprived, disturbing, can't, there isn't words to kind of describe, describe it properly, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think we all, our opinion of, of him in particular, and the story is bigger than him, I think it's worth knowing, but the story, our you know, opinion of him in particular is low enough that it takes a lot, I think, to rattle us in terms of things he has done. But this, I think, managed that, uh, which says a lot about kind of how severe it is. Um I mentioned that in passing, and because we're not going to spend long on this, I do want to note that it is really important to consider the uh, the culture surrounding him, you know, and how important it is that folks ask those questions because I think it's it's there's one guy out here that I think will be the centre of the story, and rightly so, he deserves all that and more. But it is bigger than him, as you kind of mm-hmm. got into there with your with your summary of it. So I, I just think that's worth noting. Um, but yeah, it was it was a revolting read and managed to even like stun me as someone who thinks nothing of the people involved. So yeah, yeah, it's um, if you if you thought that your opinion of Vincent Mann could get any lower, um, you know, if you thought it couldn't get any lower, I think today definitely would have tested even the most stubborn. With that stance, you know, um, 
But yeah, Charlie, as as a as a woman in the wrestling space, you mm-hmm. know, um, we all know it's kind of an awkward thing to navigate, you know. Um, but when stories like this come out of kind of, as Joe mentioned, like the culture surrounding some of the, the most, you know, the most powerful, well, not right now because, of course, like Ari Emanuel, you would say, is the most powerful person in wrestling, you yeah. know. But, um, you know, someone such a prominent figure in wrestling, having this sort of culture around them, it, obviously it's quite, it's, it, I'd assume it can be quite scary, you know? It is. It's fucking terrifying. Like, it's not only scary, like, being a woman in wrestling, but, like, you fear for, Vince is, seven, like, in his 70s. Like, this is, like, decades worth of stuff that could have been going on. And I don't think this lawsuit even scratches the surface of victims that could be involved. And it's absolutely terrifying just thinking of if this had broken today, like, what else could come out in the future about Vince, about John Laurinaitis, about Brock Lesnar, about all the other people that have been named in this? I'll bring them up. I don't give a fuck. Like, there was someone in chat that made a comment that kind of grated on my nerves, but it's just... It's absolutely terrifying. I ended anyway, that's the worst part. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I know. And that's why I brought it up again. Just so people are very aware of the fact that we will name all of the people involved. And we're not going to protect any of them because they're all fucking scumbags. But um, yeah, no, it's fucking terrifying. And being a woman that's like any part of this industry, it's just you never want to see things like this. And seeing it from someone as powerful as Vince McMahon and seeing the lengths that he would go to allegedly to like keep all of this covered up, it's it's horrifying. It's genuinely horrifying. And I just, like I said earlier, I just hope that uh, Jeanette can find peace after being brave enough to be able to speak out about this so candidly in that lawsuit because of the details and evidence she gave were just fucking horrifying. So I just hope for the best for her out of all of this, truly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, like Joe touched on it. It's like it's more than just Vince. Like, it's uh, it's 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 just very disturbing. Vince, uh, John Laurinaitis, uh, Brock Lesnar is named by Wall Street Journal. Um, referees that weren't named that apparently were involved in like the sharing of images and like, all these kind of things. Like, there was executives that knew. Um, of course, uh, it's mentioned in the lawsuit the sham of a investigation into Vince McMahon when the allegations were first coming up. Um, so obviously everyone who's involved in that, look, there's a whole list of names, you know, uh, some of them we know of, some of them we don't know of, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, WWE as a company, Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis were named in the lawsuit. It was, uh, I guess, most would definitely assume that it was Brock Lesnar that's referred to as the WWE wrestler, but he's not named in the uh, lawsuit, I don't believe. I'm not sure, 100% sure. Not really trying to read the six, seven pages again, but I believe it's Wall Street Journal, but, you know, uh, people believe that it was Brock Lesnar and he's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's quite, it's all just disturbing. Like, it's Doc said, I'm not trying to, um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm not really the person I think is, you know, the person to come to, to kind of like break it down, detail. It's, you know, I, I am a firm believer in like these stories shouldn't how do I put this I don't think we should be rushing to provide distractions from these stories because they are that important and they are that severe um, but it's like 
I don't know the best way to tackle it on a show like this, really. So it's, it's kind of, we're going to, from this point, we're going to kind of do our usual show. And mm-hmm. I apologize to anyone who thinks that's the wrong way to handle it. I don't, I don't know the right way to handle it. You know, like it's just, it's difficult. Yeah, it's more like, look, like I said at the top of the show, AEW Dynamite Review, that's what, that is what this Thursday slot is, that's what this show primarily will be, but obviously it would just be, you can't just jump in, like, hey guys, what's yeah, going yeah, on, yeah. AEW Dynamite yeah. Review, when news such as this is out there, you know, so of course yeah. we're going to touch on it, but at the same time we don't feel like we are the people to be like, picking it apart, it's still all coming out, like Vince McMahon and a spokesperson, his lawyer, whoever it was, have just came up with like, denial, like that's literally within the past hour, right. you know, so it's all still unfolding and whatnot, but very disappointing, the details are very disturbing, I won't recommend anyone reading it up, to be honest. Um, don't, I just, yeah. I don't think a lot of people should read it, I know it's out there and people are going to want to and I applaud anyone that wants to know all the full details on it, but I don't think it's necessary for a lot of people in like protect your mental health in this case, just knowing the bare bones is okay. Like I promise you don't need to know all the details on this one because it's disgusting. It's like, we really cannot put into words how vile it really is. Like it just got worse and worse the more you read. And in the same vein, anyone who, after to, after the day that it's been in professional wrestling, isn't rushing to hear us talk about an episode of wrestling TV. Yeah. We understand that too. You know, it's um, yeah. uh, you know, that, I think that's like an, important. And, you know, it's also I want to know that we talked this through just before we went live. I was missing Charlie earlier in the day because, mm-hmm. like, it's it's um, when it when you say like I know Charlie, you've been doing this for a couple of years now, right? Maybe a year and change, mm-hmm. and it's like when you jump into these things of like I'm going to do some wrestling podcasts, it's like. <laughs> Wrestling should not be tasking you with talking about things like this. You know, yeah. it just really shouldn't. It's it's awful. So I wanted to see where everyone felt. And yeah, that's kind of how we're going to approach this, I guess. Yeah, and I guess going forward, hopefully, uh, internally, TKO do do a proper investigation and stuff. And, you know, you'd assume that Vince McMahon, judging off this lawsuit, it's enough to get him out of there. And more, to be honest, criminal charges, any of those things as well. Um yeah, from a TKO standpoint, very obviously damaging to them and WWE as a company could be absolutely catastrophic. Well, it already is catastrophic, to be honest. Um, um, but yeah, it could still it could fall even further, you know. Um, and of course, Royal Rumble this weekend. Probably, well, definitely not doing the uh, Royal Rumble prediction show tomorrow. You know, it's right. not really, yeah, not really feel the time to wonder what. Uh, who Joe Hallbutt thinks he's going to be the surprise entrant at 30 or whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's obviously with the Royal Rumble, that means that there is still chance that the press conference is going ahead. I don't think it's been announced that it's been cancelled or anything as of yet. And, you know, uh, we don't have any representatives going to the Royal Rumble um, unless someone's sneaking there, but I don't know of, which would be quite problematic. <laughs> but um, yeah, this this... The Vince McMahon lawsuit should be pretty much the like the only thing that's asked about, really, to be honest. And uh, what their plans are, what they knew, what they didn't know, and what their official stance is. And even if it's just asking questions, which they no comment on, no comment on, no comment on, no comment on, you still got asked the questions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's not another in- embarrassing press conference for wrestling 
wrestling media. You know. We'll see, we'll see, you know. Um, it's always, it's, those press conferences are always like, you know. So you had, we had the AEW one recently, and it felt like there was almost like a divide in the room, like there was like only a small section of people in that room that wanted to ask the questions that people really wanted to know about regarding like the Chris Jericho stuff. Um, it's just weird how like some... You would, it's almost like some of that room, even though there were claiming to be medium and stuff, were like oblivious, you know, mm-hmm. with like the way they were asking questions and stuff. So, um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what WWE's official answers are if we get any of them, if people are asking the wrong questions, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions to ask, but there's a lot, you know, so yeah, yeah. I don't know if there will be, but it's like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We, we will see. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, some other news as well, which has kind of been lost in all of this, you know, because it's very understandable. This kind of takes over any sort of cycle of wrestling news. It doesn't matter what's mm-hmm. happening, you know, um, when something of uh, this level comes out. But, you know, since we are covering the news, uh, we'll go we'll go right into the news, I guess. Um WWE officially released Kevin Patrick. Uh, I know he's he got removed on SmackDown commentary that got reported, etc., etc. And then um, it was reported that Michael Cole would be replacing him on like uh, on this Friday SmackDown. But it was obviously it was still kind of up in the air. Like, are they going to keep him for backstage interviews? Are they going to do this with him? Are they going to do that with him? Um, are they going to keep him for the bump or something? You know, <laughs> I don't know what the, I don't know what people were thinking, but. Unfortunately, they're not doing any of that with him because according to PW Insider, Kevin Patrick has been released. And uh, Joe Hall, but do you think he will continue in wrestling or do you think he'll just go back to kind of doing his sports commentary gigs? What do you think? Probably the latter. <clears throat> I'm told he's uh, I'm told he's quite good at, at football and obviously he's successful in that. He didn't seem to translate very well to wrestling, right? Like, I mean, it was kind of whenever I tuned in, it was an issue. So, um so yeah, I, I'm not sure he'll be sticking in wrestling. It wasn't a natural fit from what I, from my experience anyway. Yeah, Charlie, did you ever? Uh, I know you don't watch WWE Weekly. I think that's quite an understatement. <laughs> but are you are you at all familiar with KP's commentary? I've heard him on commentary a few times, but he never really stuck out as anything special to me. Hope he lands on his feet. Yeah, of course. That's always the hope whenever anyone gets about all I have to add to this. I really am not that familiar with him. I know he exists. I know that he does yeah. football stuff on the side, and that's probably going to be his main thing again now, but yeah. Yeah, all we'll, the best see, to we'll him. see. I wonder, I wonder who the long-term replacement is, because I guess all indications would point that Mark Cole is just stepping in for like, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll do this Friday. Might do next Friday, and the Friday after that we'll Apparently that doesn't seem to be the uh, the long term the long term decision. I know uh, Ibu on the on the raw review, I think it was. He was saying, you know, get Mauro Ronaldo again. You know? Feels like yeah. Mauro to me. Yeah, I know, I'm, I actually no. like Mauro. He's very polarizing, but um, he's the Showtime Sports thing just went down, right? Showtime a, a rep now, so I, I I assume that that would make sense. Um, yeah, I don't 
more yeah. was my was my guess but it's, it's always hard guess for these things because i don't you know like I, I wouldn't know kevin patrick was before adnan verk or whoever else so it's always <laughs> difficult to, to pull these names they go for yeah, I, I'm. I'm not entirely. I'm not sure, sure how I feel about, about bringing Mara back. But then again, I don't watch, so it doesn't really affect me. But um, mm-hmm. he was certainly interesting in NXT. Yeah, I have friends that would be thrilled by that, and friends that would be mm-hmm. very upset by that. So, so yes. that, you know, that's kind of Mara's style. I liked Mara, but I definitely get it. I mean, whether whether he's great or terrible, he's very much. Uh person to person's opinion you know but mm-hmm. one thing i will say is that he brings a lot of energy to the shows that he commentates on so you know let's see uh him and Corey graves you know i don't know i think that was an issue oh, i have to switch some things up there yeah they're gonna shake up the commentary oh. team for like the sixth time this year yeah. what about Someone, I can't remember who it was, so I can't shout them out, but someone on Twitter suggested Titus. Hmm. Titus would be a great colour commentator. I just don't know. They need a play-by-play. Yeah, but you mix, you mix things up. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Titus and Cole. I don't know. Titus and Cole, then you do... I'd like Titus to be on the yeah, I'd like him to Figure it yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, AEW um, do, just do like a four-man booth. <laughs> You know, you think yeah. they may promote Vic? I mean, Vic had the shot on Raw like years ago, and then he got back to NXT. What do you reckon? I don't know. I don't know with Vic, man, because who who mm. then does NXT? Where I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like he's got to get promoted at some point, right? Like he's because Booker T's your partner on NXT, bro. And it's like <laughs> Vic. <laughs> Vic has worked hard to build that relationship. You know what I mean? Because I rem- mm. I remember watching that relationship in the early stages. And it was like they did not have any sort of like chemistry at all. Vic almost sounded annoyed by Booker T at times, and Booker T just thought he was he was like he was just some guy that he was sat next to at times. And now they've actually got you know they've got a nice little bit of chemistry going. Now the partnership's building. People seem to enjoy Vic a lot so much so that people want him to do this SmackDown gig. But I would worry quite heavily about who's going to do NXT then because. Mm. I saw yeah, someone on Twitter say that they should make a play for JR right now because he's still not got an AEW contract. And I was just like, bro, he doesn't even do a full AEW show at the moment. You wanted to do two hours of SmackDown. <laughs> like, yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Do you think that's in play, Joe, JR, WWE? I think it's in play as like a... A legends contract who doesn't match at WrestleMania. I don't mean some players the full time play by play guy for SmackDown, but I mean, I could be wrong. I think that would be an insane task for him considering what he's been doing the last few years of like first man who. that shocked. Why am I not? Well, Ibu, I mean, yeah, he, he loves him from Jim Ross, which I co sign, but it's uh, him leading a broadcast on network TV sounds like a terrible mistake, but. Yes. Probably be yeah, funny. Also, so. yeah. Some people have speculated I think about Tom Phillips. Yeah. Doesn't he do TNA now? Yeah, Tom yeah. Hannifin or whatever his name yes. is, his shoot name. Uh, but yeah, there's been some speculation. I think Ibu was speculating, but like, maybe his contract's up and then and WWE knows some things and they might make a play to bring him back. I don't know, you know. But you got Ronaldo as well. You got JR, who you know he's been pretty open talking about his contract negotiations with AEW mm-hmm. and Tony Khan on his podcast and stuff. So. I'd actually, it'd be quite funny if that was the case for him just to go back to WWE, you know. But who knows where the things that definitely happen. 
Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think those are the contenders, really, aren't they? Yeah, I think Jim Ross, someone... is, Jim Ross is very much an out, outside, outside contender, yeah. I think. Yeah, unless it's someone else from from real sports that they they pull over. You know, they, they're always looking kind of, um, well, they used to. I don't know if the new regime will approach it differently, but generally they would always look outside of, of the box for those things. Well, John Anik is implied that he might be sick of the, the MMA space. So, <laughs> yeah. John Anik is tremendous. I know it's a different sport and stuff, but, you know, he's. Uh... Yeah, I think he'd struggle with SmackDown, to be honest. Not <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Talent's talent. Um, they put William Regal back on TV, throw him on commentary for a few weeks, even if he's just guest spying, it could be funny. Yeah, Kevin Patrick, though, man. God bless him. Hope he, uh, what I hope he lands on his feet. You know, that's yes. pretty standard. Um, all right, elsewhere in the news, uh, Sports Illustrated WrestleMania report. Interesting stuff, Joe and Charlie, interesting stuff. So, of course, some people know that, you know, there was a report put out yesterday by Sports Illustrated that basically had some spoilers for the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania plans, which involved Gunther winning the Royal Rumble, going to WrestleMania and defeating Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. CM Punk and Cody Rhodes being the direction for WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes not finishing the story. Um, Roman Reigns and The Rock, just all this stuff. And there was quite a lot of head-scratching on... uh, on our show yesterday, <laughs> me and Uber were just kind of got baffled by all this. Um, but yeah, anyway, in a, in a kind of in a correction, you know, Sports Illustrated Justin Brasso put out. Uh, I reported spoilers for Sports Illustrated yesterday regarding the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania 40. I reported what was detailed to me by previously reliable sources. It appears this was a deliberate attempt at misinformation or misinformation that is being spread throughout WWE itself. I apologise for the errors in yesterday's report. When posting these reports, the entirety of the information needs to be accurate. Just wow. Ho- that whole thing was insane. Yeah, I, that, wow. that story always read strangely and having a one day later having a follow-up that is pretty fitting. Um, yeah. <laughs> an insane, like, chapter of wrestling news cycle there. I don't know. It was just... I had not slept, really, yesterday, and then I went to work on no sleep, and then I came out of work and saw that, and I was like, what the fuck is going on today? Yeah. Like, it was, like, one of the first things I saw when I opened Twitter after finishing work, and I was like, well, mainly it's fucked. <laughs> like, it was a very reactionary tweet. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, kind of wild that they protracted it like twenty four hours, like pretty much. So yeah, man. Uh, but you know, at least at least Justin held his hands up a bit, not you know, because there's literally sure, trust yeah. me, a lot of scoops, especially in wrestling media, bro. A lot of scoops is it would just kind of let it play out, be like, yeah. I don't know, plans change, brother. You know, definitely. And yeah. I, I know people might think that might have been a subtle shot at Dave, and but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> No, that's generally yeah. what their approach would be, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, so. yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was weird. Like, we talked about it yesterday, you and I, Monty, about, like, it just read strangely. It was... Uh, yeah, it was, just very, it was very bold. It was very bold. Like I said, it was it was very weird. Like, me and Ibu spoke about it a lot. Like, kind of just, like, the, the wording and the phrasing, just how much was in it, bro. Like, if you're saying... Um, Gunther's name has been brought up in creative a lot recently about potentially winning the Royal Rumble... Oh, that's one thing to put out, mm-hmm. you know. 
But, but the way it was worded yesterday, I was like, Gump, there's a new plan in place. Gunther's winning the Rumble and he's going ahead and beating <laughs> Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. And it's like, well, so you just, well, so you just give us the winner of the Rumble and the winner of the World Title <laughs> match of Mania. Like, that, that's a lot, bro. Like, I don't know how WWE would leak that out, you know? Um, so, <laughs> obviously, there was quite a lot of head scratching there, you know? Especially with it being Sports Illustrated, bro. It's, it's Sports Illustrated, you know? It's not mm-hmm. like it's fucking some random, unreputable outlet, you know? It's, it's literally Sports oh, Illustrated. Like yeah. I know they've faced a lot of criticism recently, of course. Of, like I mentioned yesterday, the mass, the mass layoffs and them getting caught out doing AI-generated articles with AI mm-hmm. authors and shit. Um and obviously, unfortunately, now this, you know, this will be, you know, people, the perception will be this is another kind of a blemish on their record as an outlet, really. And uh, I like Sports Illustrated, man, you know. So um, it's not been a great <laughs> week for them in terms of, from a wrestling perspective, because like, we've seen yeah. that they're having mass layoffs. We've seen the AI article thing, because that was just big general news. And now, them having quite the howler here, Joe. Yeah. I mean, as you said, it's kind of the least of their concerns in the grand scheme of things, right? But it's... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was really an odd... An odd little scene there that kind of like... It, it kind of took over the, the timeline yesterday. And it just... It was not a thing. It was, it was strange. I mean, it, um, it, it got people talking, certainly. But, uh, but it never quite... Added up for the reasons we just discussed in terms of the, the way it was phrased and laid out. Yeah, Charlie, uh... <laughs> Very well. it was quite a weird day on the on the old app. Yeah. I, know, I know today probably definitely trumped it, you know. But um, yesterday, in terms of actual wrestling, you know, this was a it's quite the bombshell of a report, and now just for it to yeah. be taken back is quite. Even that in itself is a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it was like it wasn't even just a case of oh, we might have got a few details wrong. They were just like, yeah, the whole article's just fucked. Ignore it. And I was like, Fez, stand on your ground at least. Like you've held your hands mm-hmm. up and admitted it. So very wild. Mm-hmm. They got me though. Like I am blaming the lack of sleep, but they really got me with that. I was just like, well, <laughs> sick one. Yeah. Well, it was the you know raw did. That was what Raw kind of signaled, even even if it wasn't saying that we took seriously and just what it was yeah. it was like a decoy. It was they so yeah. It was it was easy to believe. It's just when you read the story itself, it was kind of it came across slightly strange. Yeah. Very, very much so. Um right, man. I keep telling you, bro, that backup pain, man, that fraud. Like, yo, I'm not flinching, bro. I'm standing, I'm standing <laughs> stubborn on the ground, ten toes, standing on business. And he's meant to be the big Cody fan, you get me? Like yeah. I'm, I'm not mad if Dwayne wants that main event, you know. Like Cody's, uh, Ibu, sorry, would be distraught if that's the case, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I'd still pop for that match graphic of Dwayne Roman WrestleMania Night Two main event, you know. Although I would be, you know, I would be somewhat disappointed for the boy Cody Rhodes, you know. Feels like it's a spot he deserves, but when Dwayne comes knocking, Dwayne comes knocking, you know. It's just one of those things, but, um. Yeah, man, Ibu, Ibu is very sensitive, even though he's the biggest fan <laughs> of the Cody Rhodes and the punks of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. If he's got an excuse to start flinching and panicking, he, he can be quite embarrassing, can't he, Joe? He can, yeah. Um, <laughs> he can. It's very, 
atting people on the timeline and such. He can be. But, you know, I I understand so, it. The reason he's so nervous is because he's so invested. You know, that's the that's the thing. Couldn't be me, but God bless him. He cares. Yeah, that's real. So, he's not, you know, he's he is very much flinching. So, we'll see, we'll see if he should be or not, I guess. I guess um, regarding Cody Rose, the report, the same report, uh, Sports Illustrated said that while there has been speculation that Cody Rhodes has not signed a new contract with WWE, there are multiple people within the company who believe that he already has. Hmm. I guess we'll have to... Uh... It's always interesting that is because it's like, now it will come up the question is like, when did Cody Rhodes and has Cody Rhodes signed his new WWE contract? You know? Because like, there was a debate the... on that for a while, right? Yeah, it's, but like, the first re- the first report that came out was like I can't remember who it was. It's obviously one of the one of the you know PW Insider or Fightful or Dave or something. It's like he signed the contract. Like he signed. He's got a new deal. He's got like, Cody mm-hmm. signed a new deal. Then it was reported by another outlet. Like now he's agreed the terms of the deal, but he ain't signed it yet. You know, and now obviously these from Sports Illustrated is. A little bit of both, with people, you know. It's so uh, it's interesting, you know. That's a big contract that they're gonna want to lock down, especially if he's your yeah. uh, WrestleMania main event, huh? You know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. I'm not sure. It's uh, it's interesting the kind of mixed reporting. It. I, I wonder why that is, yeah. and what's the what's the kind of balancing act there. I'm intrigued. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking it all with a pinch of salt at the moment, you know. That's basically what it is. Um, all right, so that's the Cody Rhodes, the Updown Sports Illustrated report. Um, Kevin Patrick, you know, he had a very unfortunate news at the top. All right, so our usual programming, I guess. You know, first yeah. 30 minutes or so, usual programming. So, welcome to the AEW Dynamite Wrestle Purist Review. Uh, everyone's favorite weekly AEW Dynamite Review. No AO today, as I said at the top of the show. Um, he. Oh, once he's broke his. No. <laughs> we're, in for a, we're in for a night here. I've got a mute button on the top of my mic and I touched it by accident. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, okay, 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 okay. I will be fine, is what I was saying. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, AW Dynamite Review, Wrestle Purist. We're here, we're going to do it. First things first, please like, subscribe, send any super chats, any questions, any takes, any opinions. Uh, try and keep them to AW Dynamite and stuff of a more light nature if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I can very much gather that most of you, I assume, are disgusted by the big news of today. Um, and uh, yeah, we're not really trying to deep dive into it, so don't really want a thousand questions about it either, you know. But at the same time, everyone's open to give their opinions, and I don't want anyone to think that they're not open to give their opinions unless it starts to, I don't know, a toxic influence in the live chat or something. None of that, bullshit, yeah. you know. Just uh, don't j- just don't use it for bits, don't be a that's prick. the thing, you know. Yeah. Don't be a do prick. not, yeah. like, we do There's a lot of bits in our chat and stuff, and that's all well and good, but like, do not use this story for bits, please, God. <clears throat> mhm. All right. So, uh, speaking of which, I'll get to the super chats that we have very um, graciously been sent already. We've only got a few, but uh, yeah, man, let's get into them. So, Jizzle, five dollars. Appreciate you as always. 
Every wrestling company needs zero tolerance policies for even the appearance of impropriety around sexual misconduct claims as transparent as possible. Yeah, man, obviously, whatever helps create the safest environment possible for, you know, workers, fans, anyone anyone involved in these wrestling companies. Wrestle purist for Brizio Romano. Uh, top scoops during the game, $5. Breaking WWE tapping up Michael Owen to take over the commentary duties for SmackDown. Sources say they expect him to be unbridled and to bring unbridled energy to the job. Hey, man. Don't think, don't really think that's the. Uh... <laughs> that may be a natural, that may be a natural fit for wrestling. <laughs> I'd like to see him try. Well, cheers and five dollars. Appreciate you as always. Uh, it felt like that Sports Illustrated report was going to say Gunther hits Seth with five power bombs and win. <clears throat> I mean, he did say, but Gunther, he literally said, "Plain as day, Gunther's going to win the title from Seth at Mania." Then. This wasn't like the report part of it, but later on it like alluded to like he might squash there for the belt as well. So it was like you know, it was a lot, brother. Will Chisholm again, five dollars, appreciate you. Again, people not knowing if Cody got a new deal or not feels like so Cody does. It does. Yeah. It's only natural. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's only natural. But um yeah, I appreciate you. Definitely play the game, um, but yeah, man, I pre- appreciate appreciate the super chats. Keep them coming, and uh, yeah, AEW Dynamite, man, AEW Dynamite. Where was we? We was in Savannah, wherever that is in the United States. Um, Georgia, brother. Yep, Georgia. Savannah, the host of the host of Clash of the Champions, seventeen, maybe seventeen, nineteen, one of those two. Yeah, man, and, uh, going, in, going into the show, a lot of AW, the AWK. <laughs> they were a lot louder that night, I should note, in the... Uh, <laughs> back in 1991, I should note. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, times change, Joe. You know, yeah, they sure certainly do. do. Yeah. Catch up, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, it was definitely going into the card. Going into the show last night, you know, the AEW faithful was quite pumped up and fired up, man. Not just some interesting mm-hmm. match announcements. We had Swerve versus Jeff. We had, uh, you know, yeah, Trent versus Wardlaw. Uh, we had, and of course, kind of like the big one everyone circled was, you know, Suzuki versus Copeland, which was just randomly announced on Collision. You know, everyone got fired up about it. And that was kind of the main thing people were looking forward to. Probably the most heavily promoted thing on the show as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was kind of the headliner of the evening going in, and um, yeah, man, it was a uh, crowd, you know. Uh, it felt like on paper, like very much a. I don't even mean this is like a scathing criticism, but it felt like a filler episode, like a yeah, stopgap, and it absolutely what like viewed that way too. And like, you know, we discussed last week, if you're into the direction of a promotion, you're much more happy to excuse um, a six out of 10 show, right? We actually discussed this last week. And I think this was an example mm-hmm. of that because I don't think there's any reason to be doom and gloom about the show being a six out of 10 because you're into the direction. Well, I am anyway, not everyone will be. But um, it very much felt like a kind of an exhale and a like, you know, we're going in this this route, and these are some steps we're going to take along the way, which is fine. I have no, I haven't really got a problem with that. I thought it was a fine show. 
Yeah, well, like I said, uh, I think the ha- I think WrestleTech said the house was like twenty one hundred. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and there was, got, was there was worries earlier running the week, but they might not even hit two k. So, um, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to well, say this was thing, a good like... house because it was far from a good house. But um, <laughs> there was expectations earlier in the week, but it was even worse, and it was going to be even worse than this. So, um... yeah, and in terms of the crowd, like, look, the crowd did suck, but unfortunately, <laughs> I do not talk about attendance much, but we have to be real. Like, if you draw that level of crowd regularly sometimes they're not going to be louder than expectations you know like they get sometimes like last week was not a big crowd but that was a great crowd yeah they're not always going to be great crowds um this sounded like 21 you know this this sounded like 2100 Mm -hmm. in a a 6000 seat or wherever it was building um also, and this is again, folks. Let me be clear before we get into the show. Like, not absolutely none of this stuff matters on, especially on today. Like, whatever. But while we're talking about the show, uh, Charlie and I were talking earlier about like some of the production choices are actively at odds with the houses right now in terms of mm-hmm. some of the lighting choices and like the graphics on the. And it's like it makes for this weird contrast. I find personally, from like when you look at the house, you can it's so dark. But then surrounding the ring, it's like a twist set. You know, it's a, it's a weird um, marriage you've got there, Charlie. We were kind of getting into this earlier, right? It's a weird yeah. thing. Yeah, it's very odd that they've got these uh, fucking LED graph, uh, barriers now and they're still not lighting the crowds properly. Even when they do have good crowds because of, like, on collision, the crowd, yeah. like, the house was pretty good. They were still in the fucking dark. And the LED barricades, they really make this issue very apparent because all around the ring it's nice and bright and you can see everything yeah. and then it's like there's like seven people in the crowd that you can actually see and it's like well i'd like to think there's a few more people yeah uh, it's uh it feels like the wrong direction to be going in yes when you've got those you know, but it is I, I don't know maybe that's maybe that's just you and i that are feeling that way i'm not sure maybe we just prefer gritty wrestling <laughs> like we just like maybe it. I was going to say, but, Clash yeah. of the Champions wasn't lit like this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, oh, but yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I want to be clear. I still thought the show was fine. And I, it was stuff yeah. I enjoyed on the show. So Yeah, yeah. I had fun with it. It's just... Mm-hmm. It was, compared to the shows, you know, for this, we've got this thus far this year, it was definitely, a, you know, like a, mm. all right, let's just chill out a little bit, take it easy this week. That's the way it felt. I've been feeling this week that January's just been like the longest month of my life, and it felt like Dynamite kind of felt that way as well. <laughs> I'm I'm doing these match guides, and I'm I keep writing like of 2024 thus far because it feels like I've reviewed 100 matches already. Mm-hmm. It's January. I'm like, what, what am I even <laughs> saying by saying it's the best one of the best matches thus far? It's like this, this shouldn't be impressive, <laughs> but there has been a lot of great wrestling. Uh, so. Yes. Yeah, this month has been a wild month for, for wrestling inside the ropes, let alone all of the you know the many mm-hmm. things gone on outside of it. So, yeah, yeah, man. Um, but yeah, let's, let's dive in. Like I said, an interesting, interesting crowd and production choices were made here, but nonetheless, we opened up with Samoa Joe, the big money's Good. back, our Good. world champion. Good start, yeah. you know, dripped yeah. out in a blue suit, white shirt. You get me? He's like he's looking he's looking professional, bro. So yeah, he, go, he, he came out and my dad goes to me. Please, he put down his slice of pizza, dynamite begun, and he goes, just, he goes, just superb, and I, I said, fucking right, he is. 
Just the best, best, that's the best analysis I've ever heard from someone from the whole family. Yeah. I said, yeah, correct. Superb. But yeah, he looked cool. And then he cut up. He, the crowd was... This is when you knew the crowd was going to be interesting. Because they were rocking... They were doing the Joe chants. And they sounded like they were really into Joe. But when he would stop talking, it sounded like dead silent. And it was like, hmm, mm-hmm. this is going to be an interesting night. He cut a short, but you know, pretty, pretty lively, pretty good promo. And then the hook interruption... Ooh. which was a, a choice hook is i mean this was a pretty good indication as to why i think we haven't got many live promos from hook it's fine he's very young it's not a big deal you gotta learn you know taz was not a natural promo they always talk about paulie haven't like pulled that out of him when he got out of him he became a great promo and a great commentator it took a while he was like embarrassed to cut promos at one point um hook was very awkward here, I think it's fair to say. So it kind of made the segment, it took the edge off a little bit, Charlie. What did you make yeah, of the, uh, the opening segment? Uh, I enjoyed it when Joe was just chatting, cutting his promo as he does as the real world champion. God mm-hmm. bless Hook. You could, like, yeah. when he walked out there, you could tell, like, he was, you were like, oh fuck, he's actually got to say more than like two words on the mic. And it wasn't yeah. much more than two words, but <laughs> you could see he was feeling the pressure. <laughs> <clears throat> that is like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna go out there and do it live because there's no other way for him to learn in AEW because they've taken yeah. away the YouTube shows and all that so yeah. it's gonna be yeah. a real you've got to give him a little bit of breathing room but doing it in a world title program is wow right. and that's that's saying once you weird Charlie and I talked about this over the uh, over the last week and on the Holbert House show cheap plug. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in an interesting situation with Hook where they had to follow up, and I'm glad they did. But can his performance as a two-year pro keep him in that level? You know, that's the, that's the mm-hmm. thing to me. It's like, I think he's a talented um, young wrestler, a talented prospect. Is he ready to be living in a main event scene? I'm not sure, and, and we will mm-hmm. see. Monty, what did you make of the opening segment now that I've apparently stolen the hosting for this five minutes? Go for it. <laughs> You know, I'm a fan of it, you know. Yeah. All but taking the wheel, put my feet up, you know. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, man, Samoa Joey calls out there, you know. We have to we have to give him thanks for bringing, up, bringing back the rankings. It was, all, it was all down to him. You know, he sends out his, uh, his warning shot to the locker room. And uh, yeah, man, he, whoever, whoever does get that number one ranking, Gets that shot at Samoa Joe. Is Samoa Joe's gonna deal with him? But yeah, Hook, Hook did come off quite awkward, man. So like, even the way he's holding the mic and that, he just didn't feel natural, you know. Yeah, it was like it's... <laughs> last week you won, I lost. <laughs> it's just like he felt a little bit like a comedy yeah. skit. It was, yeah, it was yeah. yeah like, <laughs> after he said it, it was just like okay, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> what what, what are we what are we supposed to do with that, bro? And even when he pulled him in, and he was like, "What whatever it is that he said, like I'm gonna work my way back to." What what did he say, Joe? <laughs> he didn't say a lot, and I'm already forgetting. It was something about like, "I'll get you next time," or something to that effect. Yeah, was it was it? like I'm gonna work my way back up, and something something. They were basically just like... setting up for a rematch. Yeah, which is cool. Like, I think. You know, having Hook rebuild to a rematch is great when it's not for the belt, yeah. and it won't be. Like this will be something they do in the summer. It's, 
and Samoa Joe got security to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, the best, the best part about that was that Tony Schiavone goes, um, "Have you ever seen the world's champion get security to take away a wrestler?" And I was like, "Yes, yeah. like, yes. <laughs> like yeah, it's happened on AEW. I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, man, like Tony, you yeah. surely are aware of these situations. You've been at ringside for four years, you know, like, but, uh, but yeah, it was just." The way that the segment was placed out, that was placed and kind of put together, it was um, when it ended, it felt like something else was supposed to happen. It was kind of it had an odd mm-hmm. feel to it. It was strange. And it kind of and it, I think it hurt the ne- the opening match in a way because the people, I don't think they quite knew what to make of what they'd just seen. You know, so it was. A, I thought Joe was going to keep talking after, and nothing happened. Yeah. I was like, I well, I guess you're not finishing the promo you started. Yeah, because Joe said, "Get him out of my ring." But then left yeah. the ring himself and just sat down. <laughs> so it was like it was kind of weird, but he did sit down at the commentary booth and uh, yes, he was blessed. Those of us at home, small John commentary for the opener, which was Hangman Adam Page versus Painter. Uh pretty decent match. Felt a little, it went a little long in the tooth for me, from being honest with you, people. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was all right. I think. I think these two, as talents, are capable of producing something quite a lot better than this. But for what it was, an opener on a TV, opener on a weekly TV show, it was pretty decent, you know. Um, yeah, man, hang on, Adam Page. He's uh, you'd assume he's going to be trying to climb pretty high up in these rankings when they get introduced next month. So, building his case, Joe Hulbert. He is, and I'm. I'm pretty happy with where Hangman's at right now. I think he's in a good rhythm in there. I like the new look, the Magnum, you know, kind of vibe mm-hmm. he's going for. It feels like, and Charlie's been talking about this for about 18 years now, but it feels like there's a heel turn looming here, right? It kind of feels like he may have to turn because he's in a triple threat program with two heels that are like getting cheered a lot. And I think, mm-hmm. well, and that's fine. He's been on the, it's been on the promotion for five years, right? I mean, it is what it is. Um, I think his work would be great as a heel. So I, I mean that yeah. always a positive. So hang on, thumbs up. Um, Penta. <laughs> Listen, I, I own a Lucha Bros shirt. Penta has been the, he's been the subject of many great action figures. Probably could do with adding a couple of different, you know, just 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 giving him his matches a touch more full. I think would be beneficial to everyone. Woo. Um, whenever he is in this spot on TV, it feels like we is the exact same match. It is a fun match. People like Penta. They like doing his taunt and the, you know all the deal, and he does that funny walk that he does. But it's not a very interesting match when you've seen it as many times as I feel like I've seen it now, and mm. that hindered this a touch for me. So yes, let's throw him out on Penta. It was. It definitely was a Penta match in front of a crowd that didn't really get him revved up. So it was yeah. a. I could have done with it being a bit shorter, getting to the closing stretch a bit quicker, because that was the best part of the match. <laughs> Understandably yeah. so, because yes. they were like, "Yes, we're getting it wrapped up now. Let's go a little bit harder." But uh, yeah, it was. It was good for what it was. I I did enjoy it because I like both Penta and Hangman. Um, Hangman is. Getting Cleveland, like his beard is getting closer shaven every week, so I fear eventually it's just going to be the mustache. And I don't know if I'm mentally prepared for that, though. But um, <laughs> if he's turning here, it's a good way to start. And yes, I have yeah. been talking about that for, since about Wrestle Dream at this point. So, um, but yeah, no, enjoyed it. 
I guess like the main takeaway is Hangman's beating notable names within the company. Like when it comes to like his uh, his title chasing that because of as much as how we feel about a Penta TV match, Penta is a big name in AEW. Oh, so for sure, yeah, for sure. So, it's yeah. and if the heel turn happens, we should know. It, you kind of have to do it within a double turn with Swerve, right? Now. Mm-hmm. That would be hard to portray because Swerve um, actually broke into his house about two months ago. But wrestling is a weird beast, so you may have to... I mean, I think... I don't know how you do this, but the idea of Hangman taking a heel route to to victory at Revolution and having Swerve chase him, I do think is like kind of interesting. And that is very much at odds with my usual take on those two in terms of work. I actually like their dynamic as it is. I just think the crowd is yeah. leaning in a certain direction and it's like, you meant to embrace it. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. How about? Yeah. Samoa Joe. <laughs> Retains at Revolution. I'm with it. How about that, Joe Hall? But... How well, about I mean, that? <laughs> I don't know if that solves our problem, but yeah, you know. <laughs> you can do that if you want. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine, yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm not opposed to Joe holding the belt for a bit longer than Revolution. Yeah, see, see, see. Considering I'd re- I'm really doubting how much this is the world title is going to be the main event of Revolution now. Like, keeping yeah. the belt on Joe, yeah, it's fine. Take, take Samoa Joe could, you know, potentially, you know, he could potentially take the belt into the main event of Wembley this year, you know, just just throwing <laughs> things out there. <laughs> He's got to go and play the killer clown at some point, bro. It's, Does it's, he? Robert Reigns oh, is part-time. <laughs> True. Everyone loves that. Good call. I mean, it... hey, man. <laughs> you imagine Tony in a <laughs> saying that, like, Roman Reigns does it. Like, could you imagine? God bless. <laughs> well, even if we kept the belt on Joe, it would mean that the Continental Classic winner, champion, Triple Crown, has room to step up and make that title feel the way we were all hoping it would feel it. and not we're facing people out there. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. This is... <laughs> the ideas are together ruined. right now, you know? We've, <laughs> we've sorted out. We've sorted it. Joe can stay yeah. champ. Eddie can be the main character. God bless. Yeah, yeah, so this is this is this is something. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't know if it's a good idea, but I'm fine with it. I think it's a great order. Yeah, me too. We figured it out. Some Mom and Joe and Eddie Kingston. You know, just two main main people in the promotion. You know, Eddie's your week to week call. You know. This is, so unrelated. <laughs> yeah. this is so unrelated to Dynamite, but how do you guys feel about Eddie Kingston going heel again this year? Because I kind of feel like it might happen. I don't know about mm, this. I don't like it. It feels um, wrong. So, Eddie Kingston's presentation has been very interesting as of late. Mm-hmm. The first thing is that I... I need Eddie to start cutting promos again. I know he likes the bit where he tells like the interviewer go fuck themselves, but like yeah. it's kind of unfortunate considering how good of a promo he is that he doesn't really yeah. like cut sincere promos <laughs> on the TV show. So I'm very hesitant on a heel turn. There's things that I would that I would alter and shift, 
Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely, I'll say this to, to your point, Charlie, is he's definitely like completed a big kind of um, chunk of his journey with the Triple Crown mm-hmm. thing. The, the thing to me now is though, I want to get see him get a chance to like, you know, have a reign that feels like a world title reign. And he won the ring of honor belt in September. I think it's fair to say that he has yet to feel like a world title reign for obvious reasons. Now that he's won the triple crown, that's my main thing rather than babyface heel personally. Um, mm-hmm. We know he's a great heel, but they do love him. I don't know if you can turn Eddie. They I'm do. not sure. They do yeah. love him. It's just, it, this has all come about because of that segment in the, uh, the tag match where Brian got the crowd to chant and Eddie looks so out of it. Like yeah. he was just like, fuck. This crowd really will turn on me, depending who's against me. Like I don't know. Yeah. It's I think less, maybe less of a heel turn and more Eddie just kind of losing his mind a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah, and I also do think like you know it's the way this these things work. The more that you, the more that a guy like him wins, there will absolutely mm-hmm. be a the percentage will expand in the audience of people that are ready for him to lose. It's just wrestling. Like it's not even yeah. in a, not in like a spiteful way. It's just when you become the status quo and you're the champ. People want to see a lot of title change, you know, like it's that's the way wrestling's always been. So it may become an opportunity here down the line. The question really is though, is Eddie gonna have a long reign? Right. I mean, mm. if he's working dragon again, then I'm not convinced, to be honest. So yeah, that's the big thing to circle, I think, for now. Yes, mm. We'll see how it plays out with uh very much a recipe's favourite, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, back to AEW Dynamite. After Hangman and Penta, we had a backstage interview with Orange Cassidy. Cassidy's asked about his upcoming match at Revolution with Roddy Strong. And uh, yeah, he, he said he'll take the match with Roddy, but you know, it's like six weeks away and he's going to keep on wrestling. And um, what, what did he call the match? The Fatal Four Way? Freshly Squeeze. Yeah, there we go. Freshly Squeeze Four Way. Um, so yeah, there's oh. a freshly squeezed four-way this Friday on Rampage. The winner will be challenging Orange Cassidy for the AW International Title Collision. And in the four-way is Commander, Vikingo, the Butcher, and Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian, yeah. yes. Kip Sabian, Butcher, and yeah, Vikingo, Commander. All right. Um, Apparently they don't have mid-card guys because I swear to God all four of these people have had a shot at the belt before whilst OC's been champion. Is, <laughs> or like yeah. been in my party or something. Like, what are we doing? So do you, have you guys seen the Rampage spoilers? No. I haven't, but I don't care what okay, it was. So who, so. who do you want? Who do you guys want to win? I'll start with you, Charlie. Out those yeah. four? I guess the Kingo. Like, but I doubt it. Okay. I guess the Kingo, yeah. Like, what about you, Holbert? Uh, the butcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, please, no one sp- spoil it for anybody else in the law chat. But uh, interesting, interesting. Oh, no, okay. I want to look it up. Okay, this look. I don't want to be you know repetitive or redundant here, but this is kind of what we feared when we talked about it being at Revolution last week, right? Is like, mm-hmm. do we need another month of Orange doing these defenses? He's obviously gonna, he's obviously gonna win, like. Not really, but whatever. Right, big business now. Charlie of Wrestle Purist. I need your full attention. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> the young books enter the building. <laughs> yes. They are greeted by Alex Marvez. Um, 
they were given a run sheet, which they looked at. <laughs> you know, they were happy with what they were happy with what they saw on the run sheet. You know, pointed out a banger or two. And uh, yeah, they were just being busybodies, man. At one point, they walked mm-hmm. up to uh, top flight, asked them why they were late, <laughs> even though they just got to the arena themselves. Top flight were very confused. They were very condescending when talking to them. Been fist bumped them. Very confused. And uh, yeah, man, the young books just uh, they entered the arena and they're just kind of being. Uh... I'm still all in Joe Hall, but I'm still all in Joe Hall, but I'm still all in Charlie. You know, mm. it's uh, it's still working for mm. me, Charlie. What is They're being EVPs. They've stepped up. They're taking their roles very seriously. Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. They're interacting with the younger talent. <laughs> that did pop me quite a lot, actually. That they had this. Uh, they did the bit with Top Flight, and it was like, "Why are you late? And why don't you have your land yards or whatever the fuck they said?" <laughs> God, given passport names. Yeah, it's a good bit. It's a really good bit. Um, but yeah, man, this is really working for me. I mean, it was going to anyways because of the bucks of my boys, but it's very, very funny. They they seem to be having a lot of fun with it as well, just being pricks on TV again. So, hey, man. <laughs> and they're not overdoing it either. Like, they could have done like seven of these segments throughout the night, but they didn't. They did this one and then they did a little bit in the um, the Sting and Derby promo, I had to think. Couldn't remember names there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Great guys. Great guys. Great segment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I think, again, this this did the the key thing for me, which is, like, it works on... If you don't know any of the stuff, like, they come across like dicks and come across like heels, mm-hmm. which is important. It can The heel heat can never be entirely reliant on, like, what you know. Uh, yeah. So I, I think they're doing a good job of navigating that thus far. This one had some some pretty some pretty funny lines and mm-hmm. I like the way the announcers put over uh you know when they were mad about top flight being lad, lad, late mm-hmm. and you know the announcers they just they just got here. So yep. I was I was well done and I agree with you like it's definitely something that you could you don't need to overdo. Um because yep. we already it's been two segments and we already like completely get what they're going for. So it's yep. I assume when do you think they're gonna do this top flight match? I don't know if they're going to get in the ring before Revolution, to be honest, in terms of having a match. I think it would be good to see them have a, not a tune-up match because it's the fucking bugs, but like see them readjust to working heel on TV, I think would be quite interesting. And Top Flight's a great team for them to do that against. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Also, Charlie, remember, the rankings are coming back. The rankings are coming back. They've got to get that... They're going to need the wins, so yeah. they might just do those uh, top flight and private party matches quicker than we think they might. So, mm. Also, Matthew's fucking facial hair, he's got a goatee now. Why? <laughs> oh, it's, it's <laughs> a, the last time they were here, Nick Jackson's facial hair would drastically oh, swing from week yes. to week, so he seems like Matt's going for it this time. Matthew, apologies. Matthew. <laughs> they'll pull some strings yeah they'll pull their evp strings they don't care about the rankings they don't affect them they're above that absolutely um so uh according to the live chat we've been having some issues with super chats joe hall but you oh. know cody wills said that he tried to send one early it won't let him some people are saying having problems on desktop some people are saying having problems on mobile uh but they are working i guess if you're just trying to you know, you push through. We have one here from Blefora, one C, one ninety nine. Appreciate you. Joe versus Nick Nemeth at Forbidden Door. 
Oh, I'm all in, bro. They're yeah, wrestling bro. WWE. They must have, right? Let me, let me investigate I this. I think the only time... I think I was Googling this the other day. I think the only time they actually shared a ring was in a triple threat. And it might have been with Kofi Kingston. I cannot remember. That was on the network was- special called Smackville. So you're mm-hmm. It was that. They did another one of those the following night on a house show, and otherwise it was Royal Rumbles or Survivor Series matches. So you're mm-hmm. correct, Charlie. That's the only one that made tape was the Smackville. Smackville. Oh, um, Smackville featuring matches such as uh, Kevin Owens and Elias, Heavy Machinery and AOP. My God, dream match. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting. Is money froze, or is he just was he just haunted by Smackville? There, you look terrified. <laughs> uh, I think he was a bit both, you know, because I've yeah. been uh, yeah. connection has been kind of you know so so today, but um, yeah, it was a little bit of both, brother. I was oh. frozen. <laughs> what you were talking about? Heavy machinery. Into silence, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> heavy machinery versus AOP, and was like, well, hold on, let me. We fire up the network app here on that. <laughs> but yeah, man, Young Book's just doing more of this character stuff, you know. Uh, this is this. I'm, I'm I'm all in on it so far. So far, so good. And yep. uh, next up on Dino, we have Wardlow versus Trent Beretta. And uh, Joe sure fascinating. What was what was the uh? What was the intention? What was the goal here? Yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> they went, they went eight minutes, I think, but they didn't wrestle it in the way of like let's give have Wardlow have a good match with a guy who can go. That wasn't the way it was wrestled at all. It was like it was like an extended squash, sort of, but it was stretched in a way that was that was not. It didn't like it kind of like limited how impressive Wardlow could be to me. On the bright side, he's doing that knee thing again that looks like it's like a coin flip and wherever you live. Um, yeah. Which is cool. But I just, I didn't understand. I don't know. It's like, it wasn't, let me be clear, folks. I'm not saying this was like a mechanically bad match. It was just like such a strange, like, I didn't know what they were trying to achieve with this. You know, it was like they had a match where Trent got enough to kind of dilute Wardlow's dominance, but didn't get enough mm-hmm. to have a good wrestling match that made the people go, Oh, well, maybe Wardlow can have some good matches. Because I have no doubt Wardlow can have a good match with Trent, but that wasn't really what this was like trying to do to me. He kept hurling him out of the ring. Yeah. It was very strange. Right? And I know they're doing the, the term with Trent, which is fine, but you know, I thought it was just a weird match, really. It was um kind of puzzling more than it was bad, you know. It was uh it was odd. Yeah. What do you think they were going for, Charlie? I don't know. It just kind of popped to me that they booked this the week after I predicted that Trent would pro- uh, would replace Wardlow in the United the United Undisputed Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. It felt like it went longer than eight minutes. I was just like, they're still wrestling. Like it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of there to me. It did. Uh, Trent's reaction after. Um, I, what I thought was more interesting about the aftermath was Rocky's reaction than Trent's. Because he mm. seemed to be more on Trent's side than OC's, which I thought was very interesting. But yeah, the Undisputed Kingdom were there. Cole looked like a dickhead. He often does, though. So I don't know. They wrestled. Undisputed, yeah. Undisputed Kingdom is. Uh, I don't know. It very much feels like a, mm. an action show. It's a shame. All right, so. 
You've just been hired. I'm talking hypothetical. Strong hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You've just yeah. been hired. Tony Khan, yeah. Tony Khan's just phoned you up. He said, yo, I've got a job for you. I'm more creative. You know, um, you don't have to, you don't have to fly out. I'm just going to text you and shit, you know. <laughs> Pays you a lot of money. You just got to deal with the shit he gives you, you know. Um, yeah. You are tasked with making this Wardlow thing work. What are you doing? Oh, any Not suggestions? That. Probably flushing my phone down the toilet and running away. No, 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 no cop out answers, bro. I want, I want a peach involving Wardlow. As, let me be clear. So, are you saying as a main event talent? Because Wardlow can do stuff on the show, but are you saying as like make him as not a main ne- event? Not talent? Necess- no, not necessarily a main event, but just something where you can say what you've done with him has worked. And considering. The level he was at at the MJ at the end of like you know after he just squashed MJF, um, yeah. he doesn't quite have to be you know the main event of a pay per view or anything like that. But you would hope someone who was once at that level can at least have like a respectable yeah. like, and... mid card. How do you make people care about Wardlow? See, this is the thing. This is the key. I'll, this is important. Like my response there is not. I'm not a huge Wardlow fan, but it isn't entirely a dismissal of him as a talent. It's more the fact that these things don't live in a vacuum, right? And it's like when you start booking him tomorrow, you're booking also the memories of how much of a mess it's been since the MJF feud. Like there's a lot there now. There's baggage there. And the obvious way to push him is saying that we've already seen and it worked to great success, but can you just reboot that? I have my doubts. Um, I think maybe this is controversial. I don't know, but I think he'd be well advised to go away from the powerbomb simply mm-hmm. because I think that would give him a chance to kind of start anew in terms of, like, perception. And I would try to kind of make him a, a feature in, like, a, you know, those kind of Clash of the Titans matches, you know, those six to eight minutes, this length, but not this match layout. I'm talking about bombs, you know. I'm doing, like, well, every cool thing he can do, pack it into matches, almost a, a kind of... Uh, poor man's Mike Awesome approach, you know, and, and that would be my, that would be my probably uh, my rough guess in terms of, if I look at what he does well in the ring, he is very athletic, right? He can do some cool shit. He does a whisper in the wind for goodness sakes. Um, so I would try and pair him with guys that he could kind of do meathead matches with and see if the people connect with him again. I don't know if straight up squash matches is the way, uh, but I know that this wasn't any better than that. So that would be my that's my first instinctual response is like meathead matches with kind of similarly athletic big men that you can hurl around and okay. so on and so forth. Brian Cage. Um I was gonna say Hobbs, but they had that very unfortunate uh, <laughs> program. The dinosaur. Um you know, and I'm talking, you gotta get kill you gotta earn your kill switch, you gotta earn your money as a as an agent. Like you could put together a cool six-minute Luchasaurus Wardlow match where they do every cool move in their arsenal, you know? Like, yeah. I know Keith's not around, but Keith Lee, same thing. I don't know who else. I'm trying to think of other big men. Um, Miro. Miro, yeah, that would take another conversation. I don't know if I'm, yeah. <laughs> if I'm equipped mm. to have. <laughs> I would have him rest with Satnam Singh. God bless. Um, yeah. I... It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. Charlie, what you got? <laughs> I, this is going to be, people are going to be like, well, of course she would say something about a tag team, but I genuinely think Wardlow working as a single star is like his main issue right now. 
because he walks out and people are just like, fuck's sake, it's another Wardlow singles match. Try and have him as the heater in a tag team for someone, like, really dynamic and fun. And, like, have him, like, come in. Like, he can still do his cool little spots. Like, the cool little spots, that's quite a patronising way to do it, put it. But, like, the yeah, swan tons and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, he can still do that sort of stuff. But, like, Perry and like, I just love big man and luchador tag teams. And Wardlow, like, at this point in his career, fuck it. Experiment with yeah. something like that. I feel like it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I I think whenever you have a guy who has like core offense but hasn't maybe isn't dynamic enough to carry a true singles push, I think tag team's always a good idea. Especially because mm-hmm. you can find a partner that, you know, kind of helps his weaknesses, you know, and, and brings some different strengths to the table. So yeah, I, I absolutely think that's worth it. And again, I, I want to be clear here, like there's absolutely things for him to do on the show. Yes. The real question is like, what do you want to achieve with him? Like the idea of going to him as a you know a world champion guy to me is like insane at this point. But yeah. lest we forget, Monty brought it up. I mean, it was not that long ago that he was he felt like he was destined to win that belt, right? He was mm-hmm. so hot there for a minute. But here's what that's where we've ended up now. It's very, very different. So Yeah. Yeah. I was I was about to call out someone's comment in chat because if that's the type of thing I was thinking about, and then I realised it was from someone with the screen name Snoop Dogg, and it made me laugh. But um, yeah, Braun Strowman Ricochet type tag team—that is exactly the sort of thing I would want. Yes, yeah, that's that's exactly the blueprint. You kind of then in a tag team match, you know, Wardlow would be a hell of a hot tag, you know, because mm-hmm. again, he has offense, he's dynamic, he's explosive, so. I'll say this. I think there is reason to explore different things other than he is, you know, in a weird dynamic with a heel who he wants to kill, but he's going to try and take advantage of him. I would would avoid doing that again. Yes. Can't go to the world that many times. Yeah. I'll see if it works out for him, man. Yeah. It's been a battle. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a battle. Sure. Uh, we had a video package for uh, Colcron versus Suzuki. Um, the next proper segment was uh, Tony Storm and Diana Prazo sit down interview, which was actually live. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a pre tape to be honest with you, yeah. but um, <clears throat> it was live, hosted by Renee, and they, uh, <laughs> Diana and Tony sat like each side of the ramp. And like you know, <laughs> the way it was produced, it was like Tony Storm's side was black and white, and Diana's was in color. Uh, a lot of people were popping for that. Um, yeah. And yeah, they kind of like bickered back and forth. Tony Storm, I guess, kind of the main notable thing that she said was like, "What was it? I think the quote, the quote was something along the lines of." Uh, I heard you've been body shamed a lot recently, which I think is ridiculous because there's so much more to shame about you. Uh, some people found that very funny. Some people took offence to that, you know. But of course, I don't. I don't think Diana was blindsided by what Tony said to her, you know. So um, I think you can rest easy about that. Um, but yeah, Peraza then she got a pretty decent challenger promo. You know, she's very confident in herself. Talking about the history as friends, revealed that they both got matching ankle tattoos as well. Um, Tony got triggered, kind of all spilled into drama. Luther got a boot to the face. Uh, Tony was put into an armbar. Mariah May kind of saved her a little bit. And uh, yeah, Peraza left holding the title. Maybe a glimpse into the future, Charlie of WrestlePurist. I thought this was pretty good. 
the the split screen is going to be for some people. It's going to be for. It's not going to be for some. I thought it was quite funny because I literally said thirty seconds before. Man, I hope they don't do this whole segment in black and white. And then they gave us gave us the best of both worlds. So it is what it is. Um, I like that they added more weight to this title program, and it's not just another. Because obviously, like as like people that watch wrestling, we know that there's history between them. But like, you have to put that on screen. So I'm glad that they did. And it's not just another, well, I'm the new person in the division, so I'm going for the top title straight away sort of thing. Um, I thought Diana did really good here. Like, I think this is her uh, best promo work in AEW to start to, uh, to date. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. The chaos after was pretty funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you make of this egg, Joe? Yeah, I liked it. I also it was, like, way better than... I personally expect, I don't know what you guys were expecting, but I, I was kind of concerned about this, like how this dynamic would work. And when it was live, I was, you know, more so, because like I'm a Deonna fan, but I don't think her of her as like a, I don't think of her as a especially confident promo, but I think she's been good in AEW thus far. And she was like really good here, I thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, she came mm-hmm. across like she totally belonged, was very polished. Like she presents herself like a star. I think she's done a hell of a job here in the first month of her run. I, yes. Honestly, like, I think it would be really cool if she if she got this belt. I mean, I don't think she she's going to, but like, I think Diana would be a great way to kind of, with respect to the timeless Tony character, which is a fun character. I think Diana's a much more natural champion for a Mercedes Monet to work with because mm-hmm. stylistically, I just think it's way more at home. You know, it's way more easy to me to put that together. But again, that isn't going to happen. But for what she's been given, I think she's killed it. Doing a hell of a job, totally belongs on TV, which again I think speaks to kind of her experience as a main player on Impact, right? That's like yeah, TNA mm-hmm. now, but you get so much experience from going to the TV taping and saying I'm the centerpiece of this division. That does yeah. things to a wrestler's confidence that we can't necessarily, you know, see until you see it in a different setting. You say, oh, she she still feels it. She has that confidence. That's so great. She's doing a good job. Nice segment. Uh, one of the better things on the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you already kind of touched on it, but I was going to ask you, you know. Uh, Diana was champion, you know. She looked good with the belt. New day. I was, I was thinking, you know, I wouldn't be mad at this. I don't think it's a terrible pivot in terms of, like... I don't think, especially with like, the timeless thing, like, well, I've spoke about it kind of at length multiple times, especially when she first won the belt and even when the match got announced that she would be challenging for the belt, Tony Storm. Uh, but, I don't, you know, it's not really like a world champion, head of the division, right. this is what we want to base the division off type of character, you know, although she was so popular at the time, I, I also can understand and concede that, like, you know, I can get why you would want to put the belt on her at the same time. But... That being said, I think with Tony Storm being as popular as she is, I don't really think, especially with the way this character is, I, just, I don't think it needs the belt, you know? Right, and the, the finish is right in front of you. If, if Mariah May costs Tony, then you spin off into a non-title program where Tony's the babyface and Mariah's the heel. And Tony should be the yep. They like Tony, you know? Yeah. And then Deonna can move on with the belt and have more traditional wrestling feuds Yes. Like, and even if she's just a transitional champ to Mercedes, it's like, I don't know. I just, I would avoid at all costs. And maybe they're going to put Mercedes in a different slot. But if she's going to chase the belt, I would personally avoid having her sit opposite black and white Tony Storm and doing like shtick. I just, yeah. I, I think you should try and treat her as like this pristine main, main event level talent. So 
again, I don't think any of this is going to happen, to be clear. <laughs> but well, I, it's personally would be my preference, yeah. Yeah, I'll agree. I do I'll think agree. either Tony or Julia needs to drop their belts at the next pay-per-view for the sake of having a non-gimmick champion. And Julia hasn't been on TV recently, so... Yeah. Hmm. Hope she's doing okay, whatever the reason is. But... Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, we'll see how it plays out, you know. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, John Moxley backstage segment. John Moxley's got kind of he's got this thing like the way he just feels like threatening the, the entire roster, you know. No one's stepping <laughs> no, to him yet. Nobody safe on that AEW roster and beyond from John Moxley. And uh, yeah, man, he, he's set to face Lee Moriarty on Rampage this Friday. Let's see what Max can get out of the kid, you know. Um, yeah, man. Maxi versus Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty's recent performance, yeah, like I know he can't. We spoke about this as well, like on recent weeks, Joe. But, um, Moriarty's been like he came in as like a promising talent, and kind of in in the glimpses that it seems that we only get of him now, you know, because um, it's not like he from when he came in, it's not like he went on to become like a TV regular that was pushed and focused on. He's kind of faded into the background for a lot of his time in AEW. And uh, I think that's kind of been evident in more of his, in uh, some of his more recent performances. He just kind of looks like he's lacking a step and a little bit of um, conviction in his work, you know, um, which is a shame to see kind of in a young promising talent, because of course he's definitely got the, you know, he's more than capable of getting to, like a very good level and achieving the promise that he showed when he first came into the company and when he was on the Indies before he was signed. But um, yeah, man, I'm I'm genuinely am rooting for him to have like a good performance here against Maxi because I don't like I said I don't I don't think his recent performances have uh, set the world on fire. Yeah, it's you know it's all about we just drove the honor right and confidence and all about for a young wrestler especially or an inexperienced wrestler being in a rhythm. You know, I, I think the world of Daniel Garcia, I think he had some pretty shaky performances when he first got back on TV. Like, I didn't think he was particularly good in the MJF match. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he the first, I want to say it was one of his first Continental Classic matches. And the reason for that isn't that Daniel Garcia isn't great. You saw very quickly why Daniel Garcia is special. The reason is because he was forcing it. He was trying too hard. He was trying to wrestle his way back into the headlines. He was trying to regain that momentum and perception that followed him into the promotion. That's hard when you're a young wrestler. So the best thing for Lee is at least he's, he's getting another go over here. And I have no doubt if you see him get these opportunities for the, for, you know, a few more weeks, I think you'll see his performances get better and better. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I think he's a Daniel Garcia level prospect because I don't, but I do think Lee's very talented. And I've, I've seen Lee have performances that like jumped off the page and was like, whoa, but I also think a lot of Lee's game is reliant on feel, you know? And I think it's easy to forget when he got into AEW and when it was him, Uter, and Garcia as these three kind of indie names breaking out, Lee was considered by a lot of us to be the one with the charisma, you know, the mm-hmm. one with the star appeal. And I, and I think that is where you most see that he's not quite, you know, where he would like to be, right? Like he isn't, he isn't projecting the way he once did. And that's just a case of, Unfortunately, some guys are going to be victims to how many people try to get on TV, and I think Lee has been. Yeah. Unfortunately for Lee, 
the couple of different TV directions he was given through very little fault of his own did not pan out. The firm was supposed to be a big deal. The firm was very much not a big deal in execution, right? He had a tag team mm. with Big Bill that was showing promise. I remember really liking the tag team with Big Bill. Bill was then pulled for the uh, the Ricky stuff, which great for Big Bill, but Lee then, you know, again, it's like, so it's difficult. And um, he's working in Ring of Honor regularly. I tried to watch most of those matches. The... I say it before the Darius Martin match. I was like, "Whoa, Lee looks as good as he ever has." And the next time I saw him, he looked a lot. He, you know, he didn't look the same. Up and down, inconsistent. That's being a young wrestler, right? So, rooting yeah. for him. Very, very talented. Hopefully, this match is a positive one. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Hopefully, like I said, rooting for the kid. You know, uh, Johnny TV, Ter Valkyrie backstage segment. Tav Alkri called out Peraza, of course, assumably the number one contender. Um, yeah. Speaking of young wrestlers, they're trying to get back in the game. Wait, we didn't even talk about the Mox promo because I got heat on Twitter for saying saying this. I don't know what you guys think that Mox is alluding to, but I think he's hinting at a potential match with Okada if Okada's coming in at Revolution. And everyone was just like, well, no, he's not. I was like, well, that's how it reads to me. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I like it though. I do like the direction of him just kind of like talking about an idea and letting the people guess. Yeah. And I think it's a nice way to just kind of simplify things and re- reset him a little bit. But I have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, obviously, <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned before, I, I thought he was going to go for Joe as, the, as Joe's second yeah, TV same. title match. Um, doesn't seem to be, but. Box yeah, first proceedings, yeah, absolutely. That, that is the talent he's in there. Someone said Osprey as well, so. Yeah, but I've convinced myself that it's Osprey um, involved in the Jericho verse. So, wow, yikes! Um, <laughs> yikes! Yes, indeed. <laughs> anyway, next up, Swerve Strickland defeats Hardy. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, uh, Jeff Hardy, Swerve Strickland. No, they, they worked hard out there, you know. Jeff Hardy put his he put his body on the line, brother. You know, <laughs> you know. I do worry about some of these bumps Jeff has been taking in recent weeks. I have to say, but, you know, he's, he's having some pretty decent performances, man. Um, he's not setting the world on fire, but he's having he's not embarrassing himself out there the past couple of weeks, has he, Joe? Oh, I thought yeah, I thought this went quite well. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I also like, you know, I wasn't kind of rushing for, a, I wasn't rushing for a, a Jeff Hardy singles match on Dynamite, and I also thought this would be a pretty weird, like, kind of clunky stylistic clash. But I thought Swerve did a hell of a job, like, kind of making the most of Jeff's remaining game and like adapting some of his own work to kind of help Jeff out. I thought they did a nice, had a nice match. I don't know if it needed to be as long as it was. Um, I'm being generous with that phrasing because I thought Jeff worked hard and I don't yeah. want to be rude, but you know, I think he could have done with a trim. But uh but yeah, I know I, I actually thought it was quite a good match. I think it was was this the I'm trying I'm maybe I'm saying something insane here, but was this the best match on the show, do you think? <laughs> what do you reckon? Oh no, bro, like anytime I'm like no, I don't even say critical, he's just what's the word, cynic or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. the bar wasn't all I'm gonna say is is that the bar wasn't that high last night. No, I'm just saying, um, you know, with that bar, maybe it might have been. I think <laughs> it was. What does that mean? It was like still kind of funny though. 
three and a quarter, you know? Yeah. 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 I think it was the best match on the show. I'm pretty convinced that's I mean, what yeah. I think about it. Um, Crap was up for it. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I can't pretend that I'm desperate to see more Jeff Hardy singles matches, but like for what he did here, yeah. I thought he was pretty good. Those the bumps scare me, man. But the crowd always eats it up, and you chase the crowd reaction. It's a vicious cycle. But yeah. all is right in the world when the women in the crowd pop for Jeff Hardy taking his shirt off. Still in the year of twenty twenty four. So very, very, funny. very interesting scenes. AEW, Don Martin, Savannah, Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know? They had a real interesting taste in what was going on in that show. Jeff really? was super over. Like he always is. Yeah. He was super over last night. He's one of the most over guys on the show, like legitimately. So yeah, man. It's um right, the thing it's crazy to think what the moment me had in his last few months in WWE before he, you know, we left under very unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Um so of course a lot of people kind of hoping his AEW run would go a certain way in terms of him kind of like getting that last drop of like almost like a main event run, you know, like there was talks yeah. of him facing Roman Reigns towards his uh the end of his WWE run because he just all of a sudden just picked up this random momentum and when when you're deemed a legend the way that Jeff Hardy is especially from the era that Jeff Hardy was a legend in um, there's always that chance that you might just like you know just catch mm-hmm. fire and people just start decide oh Jeff's the man again you know um, so yeah seeing him kind of have back to back decent singles matches on TV it's uh it's nice to see because his entire AEW run hasn't exactly used his phrase a lot already tonight, but he hasn't set the world on fire, you know? He's, uh, he really hasn't. Yeah. Tom. You, you can tell with uh, what Matt Hardy's wearing on TV, like outfit-wise, that he's slimmed down a little bit again, so I fear what they are getting geared up for, to be honest. Oh, man. That oh. book's program. Oh, I'll be right back again. Yeah, I've said this before, Joe, but I do think there is a part of I do think there is a part of the Young Bucks that this year want to kind of make. I think they know that that Hardy's match wasn't great, to say the least, and I think they kind of want to make up for it and have two of them though, bro. I did two of them. Remember? I think I I just think that they're gonna. I think I think in twenty twenty four, I would not be very surprised if we got Young Bucks versus Hardys again. Hey, look, I didn't. I was the only fucker who liked those matches, so I, I haven't got a problem with it. But I vividly remember last year we reviewed a dynamite with one of those matches, and I was the only liked. So if they want to keep doing it as an annual tradition, I know it'd be a mistake. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I think it's like it's not. It's not on the top of my wish list. It's just a, I just think it's something that I could see happening in twenty twenty four. Yeah, it probably will. Hmm. It probably will. Let's see how it plays out, man. But yeah, Jeff has looked pretty decent the past two weeks. I do worry about how much he's hurting right now, though. Uh, oh, yeah, he looks in agony. He looks in absolute yeah, man. agony. But... I'm telling you, it's not good. It's not good. Um, okay, so I should defeat Jeff Hardy. Uh, backstage interview with Adam Page, which is quickly interrupted by Sua Strickland, who's just wrestled his match. And they are both told that next week. 
But they will be having, uh, what's it called, dealer's choice matches, meaning that Swerve can pick Hangman. Is it opponent and stipulation or just one or the other? I'm not sure. I think it's I, I, I need four. We can opponent, pretend it's bro. both. So, like, Swerve right. can pick Hangman's match next week and Hangman can pick Swerve's match next week. So, of course, the intrigue will be what, who, and what matches that they have next week, you know? So, um, do you think anyone gets brought in from outside of AW, Joe? I kind of think, I think if if you're not bringing someone from outside in, you want to announce this pretty quick. You don't want to go into Wednesday with like, who's it going to be? And it's just guys on the roster, right? I think if, if by the start of next week's Dynamite, um, you know, I think if it's not announced, people are going to expect it to be like newcomers. So I think maybe one, Especially with all the free agents that just emerged. I don't really know who, though, necessarily. Like, maybe this is a spot for a Shelton X Benjamin. I think mm. that's feasible. Um, other than that, like, I don't, I don't know who would be the, the obvious candidate. But, but yeah, I like the idea. It's also something that AEW, as far as I know, have not done, right? AEW never done this gimmick before. I mean, that's a familiar TV play. But, yeah, I think they've never done it. So, I like it, and I think it fits their feud i like the way they're keeping those guys interacting with each other and and building to this thing i'm really intrigued how they actually cross that bridge to the triple threat match like is one of them going to get a single shot joe first it's like i'm, I'm intrigued it feels like there's going to be like a, a detour along the way but uh yeah i'm interested i'm not sure who it's going to be though charlie any questions for the dealer's choice matches next week well i have people that i would love for it to be um like like Shingo, but I know he's not free because he's he's wrestling in Japan like 12 hours later, so that's not going to happen. You know who isn't wrestling in Japan 12 hours later? El Desperado. Tony, do me a solid. Bring him in for a match. I've only been asking for like a year. Um, but realistically, um, I agree with what Joe said. It is probably going to be people maybe not necessarily on the roster if they don't announce it before Dynamite goes live. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's exciting though. I like things like this. I hope it's fun, yeah. people. Who are like, who are established allies of these two? Is there anyone out there that's like an actual, that would make like storyline sense? Because it doesn't have to, it could just be they hire someone to try and beat up the other guy. But like, is there anyone, yeah. is there anyone who's out there that's I'm, like. I'm going to embassy call with um, LFI. My voice is uh, mad there was definitely a segment where Prince Nana was like doing a deal with them. Yeah. I, yeah. But I can't remember if it ended with them being mad at each other. <laughs> Wait, you're looking for some totally owner, brother? Hangman Adam <laughs> Page, obviously the elite goes without saying. Um, yeah. They got all the connection, connections yeah. to Japan. Top dollar talk in the chat. Um, hey, man. Look, hey, man. Um, all I'm saying is <laughs> the reaction would be fucking hilarious and the match would be even funnier, which is saying something. <laughs> Could yeah, you imagine? Out of all the free agents, that is not the top of my list, so. Parker Pedro. Oh, God. Hey, yo. Actually, I'll, ta- I'll take the top dollar match, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll see We'll see if you swerve the page, choose for each other. Uh, next up, those Thunder Rose versus Red Velvet, and um, another interesting match here to be honest, because mm-hmm. I thought it actually got off to a pretty alright start, and in the closing stretch, it genuinely just kind of fell apart. 
That yeah. is quite unfortunate. Um, and that is kind of the taste that gets left in your mouth coming out of the match, you know. But he wasn't he wasn't terrible from start to finish or anything like that. It's just that that last like sequence at the end was you know, when it, that's not to say it was perfect up until then, but that's when it became like super apparent, you know. <laughs> yeah. yes. Got tough at the end, Joe. Yeah, I had the exact same take on this of like it stopped. I watched the first like couple minutes of it, I was like, This is going pretty well and then they hit like a they hit a bump in the road at some point where everything they were doing looked slower and looked sort of like there was, there there were was second pages. Yeah, yeah no. it was like starter steps and, mm-hmm. and uh I think you saw the you know the rust of, of Thunder Rosa here, which is understandable. It wasn't as it was more noticeable here honestly than it was in the Queen of Manata match, a lot more. Um partly because Queen just whenever Rosa was was like feeling the pace, Queen would just hit her really hard. <laughs> so it was a different vibe. So yeah, it kind of fell apart, um unfortunately. So yeah, I like both both talents and Red usually is very, very reliable in these kind of roles, honestly. Um, yeah. But this just didn't, it, it did not, it, it started with like decent building blocks and then it very much kind of fell away. And it was a shame. It wasn't long either, which makes it kind yeah. of more alarming that, that it kind of fell off the way it did. So, yeah, not, not a particularly good mm. match, unfortunately. Yeah. So it just yeah. wasn't clicking with them to, with the two of them. I just don't know whether. Like, I'm guessing they laid it out beforehand and maybe things just didn't quite go to plan. Like, I don't know. I don't think it was, like, overly offensive. It just wasn't no. very good. Like, it but was, Red Velvet yeah. isn't on TV all the time. Thunder Rose was, like, what, three matches deep? And, like, only two of them have been singles, so. Yeah. In it terms was, of her comeback. Oops. It was also, like, a case of when the work got loose, it's one of those those cases where the crowd being the way it was, exacerbated it, right? Like once yeah. they got off, once they got on different pages and they were out of a rhythm, the lack of heat was, it felt like an issue for them to get back on, on track. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Fender Rosa, she got the job done. Uh, because she doesn't run a social media anymore. Whenever <laughs> she wins on TV, like... A social media account post like it's like when a footballer scores and the club account <laughs> posts. <laughs> it's like a graphic of Thunder Rose and it says we won. <laughs> it's just Got like uh, I'm a big fan of Thunder Rosa and her social media <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> they need to do like the when she loses, they have to do like the like a serious face with back to the drawing board. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like, we go again next week. You know, one of those. Oh, God bless. Yeah, awesome. Big fan of Thunder Rosa, even if she's a little, you know, showing a couple of signs of rust. I think it's more than fair considering she's been out for like well over a year, you know. So yeah, exactly. You know, and it's only a second singles match, and you know, and uh, as much as I love Thunder Rosa, and I actually do enjoy her matches, and I think she's actually a good worker, especially when she's up to speed. But like, she isn't like, it's not like she's a super. It's not like you know, Serena Deeb's coming back. You know, yeah. Like Serena yeah. Deeb is like super sharp, really efficient, like just smart, good, technically sound, mm-hmm. flawless wrestler in that sense. You know, Thunder Rose is a bit more rough around the edges, and it's more kind of the energy she brings and the intensity and things like that. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't surprise me that she's had a few, you know, rough mm-hmm. moments here and there. You know, in making a comeback this year. So we'll see. There's no doubt in my mind that she'll 
she'll get back up to speed sooner rather than later. But it was quite mm. a bad injury that she's coming back from. So I got patience with Thunder Rosa, man. I think she's earned it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Darby Allen and Sting. Live promo. Um, <laughs> he was. So I think comes out here and um, <laughs> talked about how Sting possibly may still may not have it and doubts that Sting had and how they worked out together and they decided to become a tag team and now they're 27 and all. And um, Ali asked Sting the big question like, Do you want to finish your career as an AEW tag team champion? And Sting just grabbed the mic and said, Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. The books were shown backstage, mm-hmm. uh, looking at the monitors and doing things and, you know, putting faces. God bless. Yeah. And, um, EVPs, bro. Yeah, this was fast. I was fascinated, boy. It was almost like Sting walked out there, saw the house, and was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> he posed with the Sting cosplayer front row, and that was the best part of the segment. Honestly, God bless. Not, not a lot to this one. I don't know if you guys have anything to add. But... Darby was waffling. Like, bro, yeah. we know that you're going for the tag titles. Essentially, what are you talking about? Why are we doing this whole fanfare? Like, just come out, say you want the belts, and let's get on with it. What was this ten minute promo about? Like, so like, I agree with you both, but. Also, maybe this was Beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you just wanted that. Like, you know? They got like they basically just gave Savannah an entrance, mm-hmm. and then as Charlie mentioned, like Darby kind of just talked in circles. It was like, "What do you think, Sting?" And Sting was like, "Hell yeah, bro!" And then, they, <laughs> and then they just hit their music again. I was like, "I, I uh, yeah, I." <laughs> it was straight. It honestly, did feel like Sting just didn't have anything to say, and Darby was like, "I guess I'll do it," you know. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. like, Here's this one line about being all in, and you know. But I think with Sting, it's like not to say the segment was good, but there is like if ever there was a wrestler on the roster that people actually are happy to just hear them, just see the entrance. It actually is yeah. Sting. So I guess for the people in Savannah, I guess maybe it was fun. Um, oh yeah, I want to give his segment a down. You know, no, yeah. it was like it was just weird when it? it was like. I can knowing what it's building to, like, and knowing like this is his last appearance in this area. Like, send him out. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But Darby, bro, what was your waffling about? <laughs> Darby had this line about like, uh, you know, when he goes to does the media and he's like, you know, everyone asks me. They also say you know, I should be more careful in there because I'm going to retire at thirty. But that's not my point. And the crowd was like, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> like it was not the it wasn't that the line was bad it was just it was not the house to be doing some stand up in front of you know it was yes. like, <laughs> but I am excited for um, mm-hmm. for the match and more importantly the moment that's going to that's going to end the match I, yes. I think the <clears throat> yeah I'm not saying the match is going to be a classic or anything but uh, the moment when he, when the when the finish happens should be pretty special I think so Hopefully. Yeah, if it goes as expected, you know, with yeah. Sting and Darby getting those belts, taking them into revolution. Um, Is there yeah, anything man. significant significant about Phoenix, Arizona? Because that's where they're running the match. I'm just interested. I don't know. Good question. That's he's had Oracle such a long career. He's had such a long career that it's probably something, but, like, it isn't... Mm-hmm. I don't think of it as, like, oh, that was when Sting... I would have, yeah. you know... 
Savannah is more of a sting market because of the it's kind of WCW. <laughs> after the show, I was just looking at WrestleTix. I was just like, damn, this is probably the the best moving dynamite like in the lead up that they yeah. can do the match on. So that's probably why it's there. And yeah. if they get the boots on the ground market, it running with the uh, idea of, oh, this will be your last chance to ever see Sting try and win a belt. I'll be like, yeah, damn, I've got to be there. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's a bigger market, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, next week is Ricky Stark's hometown. I guess, yes, yeah, so that explains that I don't do it there. So, yeah, ah. it seems like they kind of fell into their lap. And I mean, yeah. I do. I say it every time he wrestles, maybe I'm just being a coward, but I am increasingly concerned about the stinger and i just hope he makes it out mm. okay because you know like when this match happens we're going to be what under a month away and it's like yes hopefully everything goes well in terms of his his physical health so yeah man the challenge is out there ricky Starks and big bill backstage accepted the challenge so uh yeah as we mentioned in two weeks time ricky starts big bill defending the aw tag team championships against darby allen and stinger yeah man so big potential for Darby Allin and Sting to be taking those tag belts into revolution. Um, God, yeah. they should put the box on commentary. I think it'd be so funny. God bless. <laughs> Even if you just send one of them out, one producing, one on commentary, it'd just be such a funny visual. <laughs> the idea you could do some, you could do some stuff with them as EVPs. Yeah, I yeah, think. There's like, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Of, Hopefully they actually get into it, and it's not just kind of yeah. uh, you know loads of pre like you know obviously you can't complain at pre tapes here and there like not everything can be live and grandiose <laughs> you know what I mean but mm-hmm. um you know the unboxed last year that was definitely one of the criticisms that even some of their own fans were thrown towards and that it's just like yo they're just kind of short for a pre tape and you mm-hmm. know <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, well, I think there's definitely a lot of a lot of things they can tap into with this, and hopefully the new character and stuff kind of like gives them like that drive to want to just like be all yeah. over the shows and shit. So, um, yeah, man, but like I said, so far so good with the books, and I'm not mad at them having Sting's retirement match. Like we assume is going to be announced. I don't know in the next what three weeks or so, probably very soon. Yeah, yeah I'm excited. Good. I'm excited. I think it's, I think it's going to be very special. Um, I mean, I think Sting could be wrestling anyone. It'd be cool because of the atmosphere, but the Bucks, like, that match I think is going to be. If there is a great match left in Sting, the Young Bucks will find it. <laughs> no, it's revolution. Know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. most of these, like, his stuff's fun because it's Sting and he's insane. But, like, yeah. you know, a lot of it's a little like, it's a little shaky at times. But if he can have, like, a, you know, the kind of the epic closing match, yeah. I think we'll find out revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, AW Trios Championship, the acclaimed and Billy Gunn defeat the Mogul Embassy to get some help. The Bullet Club Gold as well, you know. Uh, the Bang Bang Scissor Gang showing some harmony coming together for a good cause of keeping their trios belts. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, not really a lot to write home about this one, but. Uh, yeah. Do you think it's hard, Charlie? Nah. <laughs> they, they wrestled. I, I, listen, people were 
getting a bit spiteful online about people that weren't enjoying the storyline. And bro, I know where it's leading to. I know that one of the teams is going to turn on the other and it's probably going to be the Bullet Club God that do it. That doesn't mean I have to enjoy the ride. I can still <laughs> criticise the story because it's bad. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> anyways, yeah, Jay White helping them cheat. Yeah, at least they're still doing stuff on TV, I guess. God bless. The The kind of unfortunate part of this is... I quietly think that there's actually some money in Bullet Club Gold as baby faces. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, but I don't need to repeat what you claim. No, yeah, we agree on that. I'm just saying, like, we, I think we all know this angle is going to lead to them turning on the acclaim, which is mm-hmm. fine. But, like, I'm looking at it and I'm kind of like, maybe they should just be baby faces. Like, the entrance is cool, you know? I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was okay. I think the acclaim would benefit greatly from going back to having tag team matches where Billy just simply stands at ringside. Yeah. Um, like I think we they were trending. Ready. Yeah. They were trending very positively as a, as a traditional tag and Billy's very, I mean, look, Billy's impressive for his age, but he still is like, you can only do so much, right? Like it's going to be mm. a very simple match. And he's also like the big man of the team. So like they all just kind of get the shit kicked out of him until Billy cleans house. Like it's just a weird, mm-hmm. I find it to be a strange dynamic. Um, I know the people love it. So God bless. Maybe it's just me, but I think they'd be they'd benefit from becoming a tag team again here pretty shortly. And Billy just being their manager. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But you know, Billy's not getting any younger and it's not like he's, um, no, 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 there's not like a, a dying need to see him wrestle. It's more just like people pop for his presence and him being with the clan, not so much him. I agree. Yeah. Um... They built a trio's match at Wembley Stadium around the fact that Billy Gunn was retiring. How funny is that in hindsight? They, that match, like, there's a spot in that match where they build to this perfect finish. I think Billy hits like the famous or something. Mm hmm. And it's, they kicked out of it, and it went yep. on, and they did more. And I remember thinking, like, who, like, why? Why is there a finishing stretch on the end of this Billy Gunn Wembley Stadium mm-hmm. match, you know? But uh, I, that was quite the deal, yeah. Yeah, sure was. Speaking of the old gnarly, what did, ah. what, did, what did Edge call it? Two old, gnarly, grizzled, mean bastards. You know, <laughs> um, Adam Copeland versus Minoru Suzuki in the main event of AEW Dynamite. Um, took a few moments for Miles to adjust to this, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was surreal in that sense, in, that, in the sense of like, oh my god, this is a dream match I've been waiting for for years. It was more like it wasn't necessarily like a dream match, it was more just something I never expected to see, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd never even considered. Like it's not even one of those things like I'm never gonna see this. I never thought that I that I would I never considered these two that people did the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. a different worlds, you know? Like it's uh yeah, it was <laughs> and especially because like stylistically they're so far apart. And Cope is tall, right? So like it just mm-hmm. looks weird. Everything about this was was strange. A lot of novelty of this for sure. <laughs> yeah. Good dog. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's... it didn't it didn't blow me away. Like, um, right. it's not expect. like it's not because obviously I think the novel is what a lot of the hype around the match was, rather than mm-hmm. kind of like hype. This is going to be a four and a half star Dynamite match, you know. 
And um, yeah, man. In that sense, he delivered a pretty, a pretty good main event, but not the best main event that you've ever seen. You know, a nice little thing, nice decent match. Probably a lot of people's favorite match on the show. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, Is it all three, all three of the matches. Like Adam Copeland versus Suzuki, mm-hmm. um, Swerve Jeff, Hangman Penta were all decent matches. <laughs> yeah. Like none yeah. of them were like hard, oh, but like it's very rare that I come out of an AEW tournament and and there isn't really a match I'd recommend. Doing right. I'd, I'd probably recommend yeah. Suzuki versus Copeland just based on like novelty. I agree. Know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. But. Outside of that, there's not really anything I'd rush to anyone to put to in their like in their spreadsheet or whatever the fuck, you know. Right. It's you know, I love Minoru Suzuki dearly. But like, you know, he has his match and that's absolutely fine. He's yeah. fifty five years old, he's entitled to it. He's not particularly keen on falling down, which hmm. I can only respect. I also am not keen on that. Um so, you know, like, you have to do the Suzuki match. And I thought Cope had a good go of it. You know, like, he did the forearm deal, the chops. He did the yeah. stagger cells, the funny faces. Suzuki's transition to the choke is genuinely one of the funniest things he's ever done. And that yeah. covers some ground. Where he, like, scooted himself back. Like, he was, that was funny. <laughs> Copeland had a hell of a cell in the choke. Um, mm-hmm. which Suzuki said the, the, uh, the kill switch was fucking oh. hilarious. Indeed it was. I was telling uh, before the show, like, <laughs> My the choke was so believable that when Copeland won, my dad was like, "They robbed Suzuki." He had him beat before he stopped it. Like it was a shoot, which popped me. Um, so shout out to Cope for that. And as you mentioned, Charlie, uh, on two different occasions, Suzuki just like refused to fall down, which was very yeah. beast. Um, he, the way he took, I actually have never seen a wrestler take a DDT the way he took this because. <laughs> Kane used to take it on his knees. Right? Like he would always drop to his knees. But Suzuki didn't drop to his... He, like, just straightened his leg out and, like, stood up. And then and then went... Yeah, it was, it was, it was so Yeah, but it was a fun match. I mean, it was exactly what I expected it to be. And they didn't, yeah. they knew the right length. Fun novelty. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was... It was an enjoyable time, wasn't it, Charlie? It sure was. It made me laugh a lot. And sometimes when wrestling is as absurd as putting Suzuki and Adam Copeland in a ring together, that's all you can hope for. It was just an incredibly absurd vigil, and I had a lot of fun with it. And it didn't overstay its welcome. They didn't try to make it a fucking classic, which a small part of me was a little bit worried about. But Adam Copeland has adjusted well to his run at AEW, and he seems very aware of where he fits in the roster, what sort of stuff he can do, like, when it comes to things like this. He seems very aware of the right way to approach it, and he seems like he's having a great time, and that's all you can ask for, man. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, he definitely is having a good time, I think. He said as much in a, uh, I think it was Sports Illustrated article uh, that came out yesterday before Dynamite, where it was just kind of like, whenever he's thinking about how to describe his time in AEW so far, the word fun just keeps coming to mind and he's looking forward to having more fun and he's just having fun right now, you know? Um, but yeah, like even his Suzuki match, it was just something that he went to Tony Khan with. Can we book this? Tony Khan was like, I'll try and see what I can do and he booked it up, brother. You know, he booked it. Edge didn't even know. Copeland, sorry. Didn't even know. Moxie went up to him in the back and was like, yo, you're wrestling Suzuki. Um... Yeah, speaking of running, and even the way it was announced, bro, like it just randomly popped up in the corner of collision. Yeah. And similarly, 
That happened again last night. <laughs> Brian Danielson, mm. Yuji Nagata, <laughs> fucking pops up in the really? corner and the timeline explodes. Those yeah. who are, uh, you know, are aware of the, the calibre of athlete we're dealing with here with Yuji Nagata, Joe, you know? Yeah, he's still so, got this it. This is an really? animal, you know? This is an animal. Yeah. Um, wasn't he's, he recently uh, like GHC or Triple Crown? It was one of them. Crown. Triple, Triple Crown. Triple Crown, yeah. <laughs> Some really good matches too. He's still got yeah, it, mate. Like, Obviously, like, you know, relative, but, like, I actually think him and Dragon will be, like... And, again, I don't mean this to slight Suzuki and Copeland, but I don't think that will be a case of just, like, novel... I think that match will actually be really good. Like, yeah, definitely. You know, and there's obviously a few differences there, but I do think it'll be really good. Um, yeah, I mean, Collision is... The damage that the fellas in that cage are actually going to do to each other, considering where wrestling is going to be looking that night, is actually, like, unhinged, but they wouldn't have it any <laughs> other way, I think, so... Um, you had this, you got yourself a nice nice meal there on the on the collision. The colliders mm-hmm. once again, you know that <laughs> probably Yeah, it does, it does. Yeah, man, clashing with the Royal Rumble obviously isn't uh, the most yeah. ideal, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, someone asked what cage match. They're doing like an elimination cage match, bro. FTR, House of Black, Garcia. You know, we're, we're <laughs> they've loaded Maybe up the show ones. considering, you know, it's probably not going to do great. And I think that's <laughs> by any means in terms of live viewership. Um, I'm not sure how Looking big the house the is, guys? but, you know, yeah. it's, uh, the real I, appreciate the, I appreciate the swing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's, it's only right to UG returning to WCW after all these years. So mm-hmm. we, we're glad to have him back Beautiful on the team. Mm-hmm. I uh, think. Tony Khan should book Brian Danielson against Blue Panther. I agree. He wants it. You mean like they've been talking about this match for like the better part of four months now? Yeah, he wants it. So yeah, anytime there's a WWE pay per view, Brian should get to do one of his like insane matches. You know, like his unhinged wish list matches. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I'm down. I'm down. I'm pretty sure there's a collision in Texas in like two weeks. Tony, book it. It's close enough. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right, we got, again, definitely been having a couple super chat issues this evening, people. Going to look into that, definitely. But uh, shout out, Boris, £2. Joe, can we get Papa Holbs on a show? Um, it'd have to be pre-recorded. Very, very, <laughs> very expensive. Very... I have to be ready to edit some, I think. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I could let him run run wild on live stream. Very old. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, man, I'm uh, going to look into this Super Chat issue some of you are claiming to have. Mm. And um, yeah, we're going to hopefully get it sorted over the weekend or whatever the fuck. Uh, we've reviewed AEW Dynamite. Uh, not quite the level of Dynamite, but the, pre, uh, the previous <coughs> two weeks were. I really enjoyed those shows. Um mm-hmm. Joe mentioned this is more kind of like a six out of ten filler episode, but still nothing disgusting on it, you know. It nothing I, there's nothing I deem as WrestleCraft that did do some story advancement, yeah. especially with Diana. Um, mm-hmm. It's the kind of show that, like, doing something like this and reviewing it segment by segment, it comes if. if it feels worse. Like if you actually just watch the show, it was actually I found it personally to be like a totally fun couple of hours to spend yeah. time. It doesn't necessarily translate to like what are the interesting ideas. You know what I'm saying? It's like it was kind of um, 
it was it was vaguely collision in that sense. There's been a lot of collisions mm-hmm. like that, you know, especially in, in recent months where it's like, oh, I had fun. I don't really need to talk about it, but <laughs> it yeah. was fun. This had a little bit of that vibe was, was my take, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. It was pretty fun to watch on the watch along. We were popping for the stuff you pop for, and we were just talking shit a lot of it, so good times. Yeah. It's been a, uh, you know, an, an interesting AW Dynamite reviews coming to this evening, people. You know, mm-hmm. because not only just that regarding AW Dynamite, it's kind of obviously the general mood of the day with everything that came out earlier with the Vince McMahon lawsuit was just kind of like that's enough to throw you off anyway. Then just kind mm-hmm. of uh, trying like then deviate to doing the AW Dynamite review like we tried to do today. Um, but when, when the AEW Dynamite itself, even without that lawsuit coming out today, would have been to break it down segment by segment the way that right, we did yeah. shows yeah. because of the type of show it was, it wouldn't have been the most explosive Dynamite review you've ever seen from mm-hmm. us. But again, when you throw in the news of the day and the mood of the day as well, it's been quite, you know, we're, we're kind of just going through it segment by segment. Nothing really made us hit the roof. <laughs> you know, it's... right? It's a yeah, it's a weird show, dude. And as as we said at the top of the program, like we discussed it before, kind of what the how we were going to approach it, and this is what we settled on. If it wasn't for you, we totally get it. Um, but you know, like it, <laughs> we talk about dynamite here, and that's kind of what we ended up doing for the best we could. We hope it was vaguely entertaining. Um, yeah. Wrestling's a a strange, very frustrating, very sad beast sometimes. But you kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think we all kind of came into this like kind of unsure of how to approach it, right? So this is what we came up with. And... Yeah, understatement, <laughs> mate. Uh, yeah, exactly. Barry's two pounds, Monta, can we get Papa Williams on the show? And then he says that he's had too many wines and he meant Jordan. <laughs> Who's that? So Monta Williams, Williams and Montel Jordan. Montel Jordan is a singer and oh, Montel right, Williams is, that, oh. is a chat show host oh, neither of which are my father we have the same first yeah, was, yeah, was, <laughs> you know? yeah. we have the same first name not the same last name and you know that's just not quite how it works sincere request i was very confused I was like, whose dad is that <laughs> Willie? I, was like, I was like scanning the roster you know like yeah i was Apparently, there's an awful basketball coach called Monty, Monty Williams, Williams as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, if you need more, Dad, on a wrestling podcast, that's a, that's a big fee, brother. You think you think <laughs> pa- Papa Holbert actually watches wrestling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Is there anything else AEW related? AEW related. Kind of, I mean, like, if we say WWE related, I mean, like, the Rumble's coming up this week and we're not really going to do the prediction show. It's not really, you know, I don't want to be <laughs> jumping no. up and down about WWE at the moment. Oh. I'm quite, you know, quite. Big news out of Brit Rest. Have you oh. seen the Rep Pros going back to York? Oh. oh really? Joe. Joe, yeah. You didn't see it. You didn't, you didn't see it. They're going back to York. <laughs> I'm so back. Me and Charlie were DMing each other. It was a it was beautiful scene. The amount of enjoyment I got out of that announcement is quite sick, to be honest. But not too <laughs> when when that wanted man nickname of graphic appeared oh, in my yeah. timeline, I'm, 
Nick never filmed your pool. I'll make the true pool. I'm going to get the whole whole family out for that one. I'm going to book the whole whole front row, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Me and my brother are going. We settled it. Wonderful. Tickets aren't even out yet, but we've decided. Respect. We had to fight against that that arena, that uh, location shift they were working with for a while there. Could not. Mm -hmm. I just kept bitching about Crystal Palace. Got to get through one more show, and Mustafa Ali's on the show, so I'll be all right. <laughs> Chingo's on the show as well, and he's wrestling Gabe Kid, so. Oh, that'll be good. Mm. Um, Anjan said, Monty and Joe looking enthusiastic in the crowd, part dust. It's all right, I'll be Oi, Oi, <laughs> We had a hell of a time. That was, a great, that was, that was great. He's all a heart. He's answering a question from like 20 minutes ago in the live chat about the super chats. <laughs> it's not bro. <laughs> Come super on. Chats. Um, Monty, do you remember when I was uh, when I was shoot concerned that the Usos were going to get beat in the main event of Money in the Bank? I started talking about it like it was the FA Cup. Listen, bro. I, I was, I was, yeah, I was reassuring you, bro. You were. Know, so this over. Was... Was, uh, very funny day. <laughs> Anyway, um, all right, okay, so like I said, tomorrow, very much doubt we do. Well, we're not, we're not doing the Raw Rumble prediction show in the uh, in the Friday slot. I don't know if we are going to do a show tomorrow, we might, we might do a, I don't know, review some Lex Luger. I don't know. Probably not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what the mood's saying tomorrow. You know, we'll do a mm-hmm. rain check and we'll see where it goes. People, you know, if there's any any content suggestions. Yeah. Uh, someone asked me, "Am I going Wembley for Chelsea?" Probably not this year. Um, I'm not feeling very. Uh, I'm feeling very blue these days. You know. Um, <laughs> you know, little FA little. Um, League Cup final in Wembley. It's been one. It's been it's been worse seasons, I guess, like last season. But anyway, don't want to bore you with Chelsea depression. Um, is there anything else I want to touch on? Mm. I think we're good. I think we're good. Uh, someone said TNA review. No, thank you. All right, review. Thank you. Um, someone said review the observer after Dave calls Lexis King a main eventer. No, thank you. Uh, Boris says thanks for doing a silly and sensible show. Appreciate recipe. Really appreciate you as well, Boris gimmick in the chat. Um, so Jizzle, percentage at Mercedes is at the Royal Rumble. I'm gonna say obviously this isn't a scoop. Um, I'd love to think that our audience still watching this is more than aware of that. This isn't a scoop. Uh, very low, but not completely out of the question. So I'm not going to say like one percent. I'm going to say fifteen percent chance. Say like eight. So. I was going to say five. Now I'm scared. <laughs> I'm, the low, I'm the low man. It's scary. I don't. I don't. Is it fifteen's the high number? It's like you know. Support Bailey. I don't think she'll be yeah. in the Rumble. Yeah, that is actually very much possible. Because especially if Bailey knows that she's winning the Rumble, if that is the mm. case. Like I know a lot of people have got her as a favourite. I think she's the bookies' favourite as well. Mm. 
you know, if obviously Bailey's got that news and she's like, yo, Mercedes, I'm gonna win a, I'm gonna win a rumble. I'm sure she'd want to be there, isn't it? Because that's what that's kind of what that little click does of like Mercedes, Trinity, Bailey. They, they support each other in the big moments that they have, which is it's always really cool when they get pictured and Mercedes is in like big shades up in the crowd, <laughs> like, like oh, hard to kill. God bless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, we uh, it's been a weird show. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of awkward to try and navigate and find the right words without umming and erring too much, which I'm sure I did a lot of at the start of the show because it was hard to kind of like segue from mm-hmm. where we was at into well Kevin Patrick's been released you know like it's right. it was a weird transition but once we got there I think we kind of you know we, we, we kind yeah. of we, we, we did what we could you know but anyway mm-hmm. um we may be back tomorrow but kind of unlikely to be honest um we've got a few new Tiger style shorts on the uh, shorts part of our channel so check those out we're going to be posting more of those Tiger style X Wrestle Pure awesome. um but yeah man that's Shorts don't get much better, do they? You know, when you got Tiger oh. starting on the team. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know the first one was dropping when it did. I was just like, oh shit, what? Yeah, we just dropped it, fuck it. You know, because that's the way shorts happened. are, bro. Shorts are like, shorts, yeah. it's just like YouTube throws it onto the algorithm and it's like it either catches on or it doesn't. So, like, you can promote mm-hmm. it all you want. Like, yeah, you might get a few extra, you might get like a few hundred views at the start or something. <laughs> but, like, Ultimately, it's not going to matter that much. So you just throw it out there, hope the algorithm catches it. And uh, at the moment, I think the Daniel Garcia one's the most viewed out of the two or three we've posted. So shout out to Augustar, man. He's fucking talented as fuck, yes. bro. Um, yeah. I love around him. I was saying to you, yes, like, this isn't even like a shot at AEW necessarily, but like his videos genuinely like my AEW wrestlers look cooler than like what AEW does, <laughs> you know? <Yes. laughs> <laughs> But it, that's more just like a, uh, you know, praising Tiger Star because he's very good at what he does. Anyway, kind of waffling on here. We're getting out of here. Please like, subscribe. Appreciate the few super chats that we got. Going to look into mm-hmm. what was going on with a few of you that are having uh, problems getting them sent in. And uh, yeah, again, maybe back tomorrow. Maybe back over the weekend. Maybe a watch along. Maybe not. You know, we'll see. But yeah, keep an eye on the page. We'll keep you updated. Thanks for watching, like, subscribe, peace.